This is Space Cats Peace Turtles, an unofficial podcast for Greater Than Games' Spirit Island. Episode 308, A Spirit Guide to Lightning Swift Strike and Shadows Flicker Like Flame. Music by Brian Capillus, featuring Matt Martins and Hunter Donaldson. What's crazy about Ooh. what you? Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Just wanted to respond to what you just said. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Didn't mean to interrupt you working. <laughs> the thing about other like like comedies doing that this message will now self destruct. Yeah. Thing is that in Mission Impossible that is a joke. Yeah. Like that's the whole thing is Mission Impossible has like goofy. Yeah. A goofy vibe to right. it. Right. So when you do that as parody. You're, not you're really parody a joke. Yeah, you're literally just stealing a joke and yeah. being like, "We're doing a parody of Mission Impossible." It's like the Mission Impossible is a parody of itself. Yeah. So, like, I don't understand how people watch these movies and not get that. But was it was it at like in Mesh, in Mission Impossible Two? Was it that way? Like, was that the vibe? Mission Impossible Two features a motorcycle joust. So yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Like. These movies are not, they have their own tongue-in-cheek quality to them, <laughs> and people that watch them without recognizing that, I don't get you. Like, I just don't get you as a person. Uh-huh. Like, I, I, I don't understand. It's like the kind of thing of like, yeah, but are you looking at the screen? Like, are you taking yeah. in the what, full the tone spectacle? Of you know these is. movies are made by like a team of adults. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, that everyone finally every decision. Yeah. yeah. Like, they're not... This is the I, I episode I, I, now, by the way. We'll get to oh, the. Sure. I'll, we'll do the episode thing later. Yeah. I don't care. I'll I'll do it in post. But this is the episode now. Mission it's Impossible. All Mission Impossible is is like hearkening back to when James Bond was goofier, right? And then ironically, Daniel Craig era James Bond was like watched The Dark Knight or not The Dark Knight, Batman Begins, yeah. and was like. It should be like this. So so James Bond got all serious. Right. Mission Impossible took over. Was like, it's cool if Tom Cruise wants to die for the movies, but we are gonna <laughs> goof around while he does it. You know what I mean? <laughs> like Mission Impossible is so goofy that they have two comic relief characters, Bing Rames and Simon Pegg, yeah. and they both have basically the same job. They do the <laughs> same thing. That's how that's how comedic the series is. Is they had one comic relief character, Ming uh-huh, Rames, uh-huh. who is hilarious, and then they were like, "It's not enough. It's not enough." You know what? You know also. what that is. You know what all of that is. That is an open admission by Tom Cruise that he can never be Jackie Chan because Jackie Chan is his own comic relief character and tries to die for the movies. You Everything don't, no, in one. Dude, I was no, going down a rabbit hole no. with Jackie Chan yesterday. I am obsessed with that fella. Tom Cruise is. Like if Jackie Chan never winked at the camera. <laughs> and if you were watching the whole movie being like, does he mean this? And that to me is enough to elevate Tom okay. Cruise to Jackie Chan's level you like the without being the same thing. Uh-huh. I just like how the whole time you're like, so is he like the straight man? Like why does everyone else in this movie is so like affable and they understanding stuff, but what is his deal? Yeah. Sometimes you're like, is he like a baby child and yeah. you don't know what's going on in movie? 
but then he's like there he's like i'm gonna jump off this cliff on a motorcycle into like a nosedive off a waterfall and i'm gonna open my parachute and it's like that's an adult thing he has to be an adult for that they can't just have a baby child do that but then when you're watching the movies actively it's like does he has he and I know he's seen many movies. He talks about how he loves the movies. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen this thing. It's yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. It's his big, it's his big says, press thing right now. I love. They'll be, they'll be like, "What's your favorite movie?" And I'll be like, "Ah, I love the movies. Yeah, I love the love movies. Them all. Action, drama, right? Comedy. Yeah, love them." They'll be like, "What else do you like? Popcorn. <laughs> love popcorn. Love the movies. Love you know, them. So he's love them obviously." Movies. It's like Tom Cruise is a guy that is an A-list movie star. He is his own genre of movie. He is right. his own little Hollywood. Right. And I'm not sure he's ever seen a movie. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> he starts talking, and you're like, why are you talking like this? What is Because he's an alien. Going on. He's a five-foot-eight alien, or five-foot-six, yeah. or whatever he is. And that's, he, that's the kind of presence he brings to the movies, too, yeah. of just this sort of, like, this guy is just, he's, I mean, he's, he, he, obviously, he's a movie star. Yeah. He looks like a movie star. He looks right. great. Especially he's like essential movie star. You know, who knows how old he is? No one knows. But <laughs> he doesn't he have looks an like age. A, he could be 30, yeah. you know. Yeah. And I think on Earth, we have collected the idea that maybe he's lived for 60 years. Yeah. He may have lived for thousands of years. Right. We don't know. Right. Uh, but he, he gives off the appearance of a much younger man. But he also gives off the appearance of like not really understanding his environment in yeah. a traditional human-like manner. He's never been I with the times. He's just, yeah. he is in Tom Cruise time. Yes. He's cruising yes. for a bruising. Uh, yes. Boy, uh, we had a, a recent, I want to give a shout out to a, a review our podcast got recently. <laughs> that was, um, it was a very angry review that was like, I, I don't like the host's stupid jokes. Four stars. So, you know, take that for, for what it is. Wow. You know, there's something in there for everybody. We still folks. got four stars, <laughs> even though I even appreciate though... the honesty. You know, I think it's good. I think it's good to, to we recognize the... we it's been four minutes and say, and we're done. So there's the score just reflects. Oh, are we done? I wanted. Okay. You no, want more Tom right. Cruise? I got it out. Oh, no, I got it you... out. I got, no, I got it out. I'm done. It's all right. You're right. You're right. Wait, I don't want to get. I don't want to get another four-star review we'll today. Cir so we'll we circle back to the at the end. You know, it'll it'll be a little bit more Tom Cruise time right there at the end. Don't worry. People want. I mean, they want it. They want a dry podcast. You know what I mean? Everybody wants a dry podcast experience. Yeah. You just yeah. kind of want to sit That's in the do, desert, right? And reflect. Yeah. You know, <laughs> life life is too short to kind of joke around and try to have a good time with it yep. we need the raw data right. we need like this is this is what the podcast should be it should mm -hmm. be like this it should be hello welcome welcome to the space cats peace turtles network uh, yes. <laughs> objectively this is a higher number than this so this is better this is the correct opening and the only opening no further discussion necessary this is what is correct and uh moving on to our next salient point and that is the end of the show thank you very much for Beginning being here strategy guide point one point one <laughs> and then it's just like a bulleted list of, uh -huh. of our thoughts and it things. just yeah. is our outline we just we, we just paste our outline into the show notes and that's it. We better stop talking smack because, uh, you know, I feel like this person is going to come back and give us a three-star review <gasps> at this rate. You know what I mean? Oh, I don't no. Wanna, I don't want to oh. fall in the charts, yeah, you know? Yeah, that might, that might do us in. Well, let's talk about Spirit Island and Hunter. We've made it to a sort of finish line. Uh, this this quote-unquote season of Space Cats, we wanted to tackle all eight of the base game Spirit Island factions, and today we will do it. Don't worry, there will also be a wrap-up 
episode where we sort of really talk about our arc of going through all the spirit island stuff but today Uh is just focus on some more spirit guides uh i'm doing lightning's swift strike hunter is doing shadows flicker like flames stick around we've got ti stuff at the end of the episode too for people who are who don't know how this still works there's lots of there's a homebrew review there's an agenda phase we've got lengthy lengthy ti discussions at the end of this one specifically yes uh, do and we want announcements to... also. And announcements. exciting announcements. Yeah. yeah. But uh, let's dive into Lightning's Swift Strike. Uh, just, just to dig into some lore here, this is the Lightning Bolt uh, spirit. Uh, the, the image is, of course... It's like course, a lightning bird. It's, it's like a lightning bird. It's like Ketz- Quetzalcoatl. My question is, I don't know that it's actually a bird. I think that's just like the form the lightning is taking in that particular image i like i like the idea that it might be other things but i do think more more of the card art also reflects birds but i just want it to no, be i think it, i want it to be just, other stuff too you it's, know it's okay i mean I just I, it it's be. just oh okay okay <laughs> well and since and since lightning birds uh are not an established thing in mythology and there's not it's not a reference to anything in particular that thought makes sense yeah you're right matt it's what i want it's there's never been a lightning bird before yeah. so why must it be a bird well it and what be, a lightning fox. Uh, I, I think so. I would like a lightning fox. And it, or a lightning note, mouse. What about note? a lightning mouse? <laughs> I can't think of any lightning mice, you know? There should be a lightning mouse. Uh, of note is that uh, for, for some reason, uh, lightning swift strike is thunder speaker's uh, parent. Just that's that's in there. It's a very short uh, lore blurb for for Lightning's Swift Strike, and not not a lot to it. But I just like the idea that they had to cover. Yeah, th- there was a storm passing through one day. Decided to hang out and had a kid. Had a kid on the island, and there's Thunderspeaker, and that's the lore of Lightning Swift Strike. Just sort of c- comes and goes as it pleases, basically. I like it because it's a relationship to another spirit. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. That's always and fun. there's not a whole lot of that thus mm-hmm. far in the spirits that we've covered. Yeah, there's been some. But mostly it's about the relationship to the Dahan. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's it's either thing. they have one or they don't. Yeah. You this, know? this one is like I had a kid and, you know, they're into the Dahan, but I do yeah. my own thing. I'm kind of over here doing whatever, you know, <laughs> being, uh, you know, just a generic lightning reference to no particular no animal particular for bird. no particular reason. Not Absolutely. based off anything historical no. or anything that no. you would find on planet Earth. No. Man, I got in so much trouble for not understanding like how Dyson spheres work in last week's episode. There's there's some errata for last week. I didn't. I've kind of misread the card and didn't fully. We'll talk about a, that a in the shell TI section. around We're in a singularity. Section. Matt, just, you know, discipline just, yourself. Listen, everyone. All of your fiction needs to just chill. Okay, everybody's fiction needs to calm down. Hey, you're. Yeah. Can I tell you about like not a lore podcast? We're bad at it. <laughs> we're bad at it. We, it's not that we're bad. We just don't care. I think maybe that's also no. bad. I care. Oh. You don't. Oh, is See, that the that thing? Works. Is you've never cared. Oh, okay. I care about everyone. I care about all the listeners and yeah. all their interests. It's true. Uh, you are heartless. You're a heartless father. <laughs> you know what I mean? You care for one person. I just wish daughter. there were less jokes. Okay. All right. So uh, we start <laughs> with two presents in the highest numbered sands. Uh, so we start with a sacred site on the board, but we're only in one yes. territory. That's a okay. We have a lot of abilities that base themselves specifically off of sacred sites. Sacred sites will actually remain decently important to us over the course of the whole game. Uh, so it's not a big deal to start with just the one and, and no other territory. Uh, I like it. Our abilities are swiftness of lightning. For every air element you have, you may use one slow power as if it were fast. 
Now, this is going to cool. combo later with uh, another card we have that is actually not a combo. Uh, it sort of overrides the need for... We have a card that we could target ourselves or another spirit. And because we have Swiftness of Lightning... We'll never use that card on ourselves. There's no point. Uh, all, right. Every single one of our unique power cards has air in it, uh, which means basically we can always do pretty much all of our abilities as fast if we want to. Now, the question will always remain, should you do them fast or not? I don't know. Probably. I don't know. Most of the time you'll just you'll end up doing it anyways because because it's cool because <laughs> it's cool to do everything fast. Uh, our innate ability is thundering destruction it is a slow ability and it is range one away from a sacred site so here's our first instance of it's gotta you know we gotta have sacred sites on the board so in an area adjacent to a sacred site uh it can be any kind of land for three fire and two air we can destroy one town for four fire and three air we can instead destroy a city for five fire four air and one water introduced in there the storm is really brewing now it started to rain uh we also destroy another uh town or city and for five fire five air two water we also destroy another town or city so oh at max level you could kill three cities or three towns or any combination in between basically so yeah. a, a massive nuke if you can get the the stuff out there but uh I, I find reaching those upper tiers uh not as easy as you might think or hope uh generally i don't know speaking. why you would think it was easy because that's five cards it's five cards it's a lot well let me tell you easy. about their presence track uh I, my, my order is normally to do growth snacks but uh, it does feel worth just like burning through the presence track real quick because you mentioned five cards guess what we're really good at getting card plays uh very fast if we want to makes sense our card play track starts at two so right out the gate we can we can play two cards we can then go into three four five and six cards with that so so four expansions we, card. we just yeah. get more cards to play uh so we nice. could burn through cards like crazy uh, I will say there's a big limit on that that we'll talk more about later, but uh, our unique power cards are expensive. So uh, we need energy if we have any intention of really ramping up those card plays. And I have bad news for you. Our presence track starts at one energy per turn. If you upgrade it, it goes to <coughs> one energy per turn and then two and then two again and then three and then four and then four and then five. So it is incredibly slow to get our energy gain up uh, even though we have the potential to super duper maximize our card plays. So that's either a couple different ideas of what we would be aiming to do, right? Draw some new cards that are cheap <laughs> or uh, find ways to get our energy up quickly uh, so that we can afford all of the cards that we want to play. Let's talk about our growths and how those might alleviate some of our issues. Uh, as is our norm, we're going to try to give fun little names to these growths because every single other thing in this game has a fun name, but for some reason the growths don't, and I feel like they should. So uh, our first growth, <laughs> so I did research for this one. Uh, I my, my research was to look up uh, facts about how lightning happens and what and the mechanics right. of lightning because I was having so trouble very, coming these up. These are accurate names. These are in, 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 trying to be accurate names. So the first one is called 
uh, I'm calling intracloud, intracloud lightning. Intracloud lightning is this, the lightning that's just in the sky, back and forth, right? When the whole cloud just sort of bubbles up. But this is not lightning that touches the ground. So this is energy happening up in the sky, and that's why we can reclaim our cards. We draw a new card, and we gain one power. This is our stocking yeah. up, our reclaimability. The rest. Yes, the, the rest, rest growth. The rest growth. Our second one is the negative strike. A negative strike is like forked lightning, right? I could have also called it forked lightning, basically, but it's when the lightning bolt comes down to the ground, it splits up, and it goes into a bunch of different territories at once or whatever. Uh, so this is to add one presence two spaces away from where we already have presence and one presence zero spaces away from where we already have presence. Now, I'm calling this negative strike because it, it could fork out, but realistically, I talked about we really need sacred sites. This ability is a great way to place a new sacred site two away, right? We've already, we start right. with one sacred site. We add a presence two away and we add another presence right on top of that one. So we just generate a sacred site basically with this ability anytime we want to. Uh, our third one I'm calling the positive strike. It's the inverse of that, uh, of how lightning works. Uh, essentially, this is coming from the ground up or whatever. And this is when you get one very hard, very bright strike on the ground. And this is one presence, one space away. And you get three energy, which is a critical thing, as we've already covered. We need quite a bit of energy to like right. do our whole engine if we really wanted to if we were trying to maximize card plays we have expensive stuff so uh this is a pretty critical component to achieving some things especially early in the game unless we have like a spirit who is like able to donate lots of energy to us often or or whatever but if we're just working on our own uh you need that three energy uh for sure because you're you're not getting any from your presence track more or less let's get into our unique power cards because we can actually start to make sense of some of this stuff uh with 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 these in tow our first one is the harbingers of the lightning for zero cost at slow speed but again it's never slow because we're lightning we always we can just do anything fast whenever but it happens to be slow uh at range one into any land uh we get a fire and an air which is what we need for actually i'm just gonna spoil this over. i'm not gonna i'm not gonna read the things for every single one of these Every single one of our unique power cards has fire and air, okay? I, there was right. one card with an exception to that that I will note, but just know that all four of our cards give us fire and air, and fire and air and water is all we need for our innates, and we don't even need the water until the, the high-tier innate stuff. So what is the ability of Harbingers of the Lightning? Push up to two Dahan, and you get one fear if you pushed any Dahan into a land with a town or a city, which you'll pretty much always do. You, you won't generally try to use this card and not get that fear so sure. we have a nice little fear generator and very often too you know you're pushing those to Han into a land that's about to ravage maybe maybe someone else is getting a defense on that or maybe you're gonna sacrifice like one Dahan to the cause of nuking the rest of the territory or whatever uh it's a good ability it's it, it is our Dahan pusher and i like it our second card is Lightning's Boon. For one cost and it's already a fast card so there's no speeding this one up we can target any player and the target spirit may use up to two slow powers as if they were fast powers this turn. This is nice. the this is the one. <laughs> this is the this People is the ability this. why everybody wants us in the game. Basically, we are everybody's best friend. Uh, and like I said earlier, you'll never use this on yourself because all of your cards have air, and for every air you play, 
you can do a slow power fast. So you will never need to use Lightning's Boon on yourself. And if you're playing with one other person, you will use this on them every time you can. Uh, if you're playing with more than one people, you will have everybody pining <laughs> to beg you for access to Lightning's Boon this round or whatever. And, and it'll be a, a fun little debate of whose slow power would be the most useful to go fast or whatever. This, I mean, this is absolutely what makes... Uh, lightning a big team player and and i think that's a a, a big way i want to categorize lightning swift strike yeah. is they are not my most interesting sort of solo play faction but they are a big 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 team player uh so uh and and a lot of it comes down to just this ability alone they're like an offensive support yeah like a striker that can also do a little bit of yeah. helping out the slower defensive spirits our third card is shatter homesteads for two cost quote unquote slow but we know the truth uh at range two from any sacred site uh into any territory we can gain a fear and destroy one town uh which is like I mean, basically, for, for two energy, this is, like, better than our innate ability, right? Because we also, like, we destroy the town and we get a bonus fear on top of it. So we're yeah. kind of proving to be a bit of a decent little fear generator. We have two cards that do fear. We we kill towns pretty easily. Like, we, we do get good fear cycling through. Not We're not a fear faction, but we are not uh, wanting for fear generation. And, of course, destroying towns is uh, super excellent, especially when it comes to those build actions that are coming up where you really don't want a city to hit the board right you, you yeah. can get ahead of a lot of those uh what we don't have so far is like a way to really handle explorers in any respect i would say our dahan ability is mostly used for that too right send, send dahan into an, a territory with like a, a town and two explorers and then use shatter homesteads to kill the town and then on the ravage the dahan will kill the explorers and not actually take enough damage to die or whatever Right. Uh, our last ability, though, is is definitely sort of the cleanup brigade. It is Raging Storm for three energy, which is a lot, because again, our this this is where we're really talking about. We don't have enough energy to do all of our stuff. This this card makes it too costly to do everything. It is a slow card. We can uh, range one target any this card is our only water uh in our unique power cards and of course we need water uh to do the second level of our innate i will note though even with all of this we need five fire as well as the water so you cannot do your upper level innate powers with just your unique unique power cards alone and that is uh, somewhat, I mean, that wasn't the case with, like, River, right? River can just, like, nuke everything based on just what they have in their opening kit. You have to go finding some other stuff if you really want to do those late-level uh, innates. I don't know if you actually even want to, but let's talk about the ability here. Raging Storm lets you do one damage to each invader, which, uh, you know, I don't know if we're talking about stuff like the, the last guide I did was River, who has an ability that uh, does two damage to everything and then it's just a bunch of cities left over like this would be an awesome ability to couple with that right the issue i have with raging storm is it's quite awkward to use in sort of normal lightning context because we have all these abilities that just outright destroy towns uh, and we or we have abilities that straight up destroy cities so realistically this ability is only getting used on explorers and it's not always the case that we have like a handy stack of explorers that this is going to nuke a lot of, right? That uh, explorers tend to be spread out across a bunch of territories. So my issue with this card is it's three energy to very often kill like one or two explorers, 
which is that's costly. Like that's that that right. can be a, a tough pill to swallow. So uh, I saw in our pre-errata dredge was also talking about the, the awkwardness of this card, and even went as far to say like you might on an early uh, card swap you could like swap for a major power, get something that still costs three and does significantly more than this card, and it's not a bad idea to just toss raging storm early for something right. much more impactful. So. It's a card that absolutely can come in in a pinch. I mean, I won a game with me and River off of it, right? It has uh, it has combos with other spirits. It just doesn't really combo with our own kit. And that's another factor of this spirit really feeling like a big-time support role. It's here to help the other spirits. And it does it meaningfully. I mean, one damage to each invader could be all somebody else needed to, you know, somebody else has a card to deal one damage to everybody. Between the two of you, you kill all the towns in an area uh, with ease or something. Right. Like, there's a lot of ways this can combo. It's just not inside your own toolkit. I do not think lightning is much of a, like, solo experience uh but i think that's reinforced by the design too of we have this amazing presence uh, uh growth that lets us move two away from ourselves drop a sacred site like we can get across the board really quickly if we just do right. our our uh negative strike growth option twice in a row or whatever we are like all over the board and all of our abilities uh, you'll note were like two or one range away so if we get right. like three sacred sites on the board we're everywhere uh, I, I i play a lot of um two-player games on the app uh the the mobile app basically and in a on like in a two-player game scenario just two boards I can have access to almost every single territory with just three sacred sites uh, for all of my abilities, basically. Uh, it's it's not hard to gain access to everywhere and then really be able to like lend a support to that other spirit that's on the other board or whatever. I, I, I think you would be doing yourself a disservice to really sit in your own corner and be like, I'm going to handle my board, you handle your board, and we'll solve the game that way. I, I don't right. think that's a good use of your abilities, basically. I mean, I will say this for Raging Storm, not to say that it's good, but all you lack is a gather ability and suddenly this yeah. makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah but absolutely. you have no gather. Right. There is there you don't have a gather ability, but if you happen to draw one from the from uh you know, whenever you use your first growth and right. you get to draw a card, then yeah, it it'll make sense and yeah. I think the reason that it's here and the reason that it has this ability uh is more of a like base game you have some spirits that have those gather abilities yeah. and it would make sense for lightning to be paired with them. Right. Um, but I think the more of the expansions you have, the the less this might be apparent. You know what I mean? Like, right. I mean, not that there's not more spirits with gather abilities, but it's more like, it feels very like, as it's like a puzzle piece that mm -hmm. goes with these other eight yeah. that as we zoom out, is maybe not as relevant, yeah, essentially. Absolutely. I, I had a big sense of uh, playing with like expansion cards in it. Anything that talked about tokens, I was just like, that's not really what I'm doing, actually. I'm, I have nothing to yeah, do not with, with any yeah. tokens at all. I don't even see how they benefit my goals here. Uh, uh, that, that might be short-sighted of me, but it, it was all, definitely always especially to that point and and i'll talk about it more when we when we talk about some powers but yeah gather push stuff is something you would really really crave basically yeah. in, in any yeah. any respect because that would open your whole kit kind of wide open especially especially if we talk about thundering destruction or innate ability i mean how often like it's targeting one territory at its absolute maximum level let's say we were capitalizing all the way on innate what can you do kill three cities in one land 
How right. often is that an occurrence unless we are like pulling towns and then they like get upgraded or what, you know, like, yeah, I, we're having, we're, our spirit Island experiences <laughs> are definitely diverging because what you're describing is like, well, yeah. Like, you know, when you have that one land that you're like, Where we're just going to let things is. get as bad as possible For sure. right here. That, I mean, I feel like that keeps coming up with me yeah. as a strategy, as a potential strategy more and more often because yes. I would rather just have one land that is unbelievably messed up yeah. than just have the invaders everywhere, yeah. basically. I, I do agree. I think that uh, I think a lot of what's in my head is comparing this directly with River Surges and Sunlight, which is such a more cohesive, like every single thing in that kit reinforces itself in a really meaningful way. And the big nuke of that one is like super obvious and is also something you can repeat over and over and over again. But the way the, the cost of this uh, for, for this spirit is like just a bit too high to like be able to pull off all the time. So you, it, you can try to rely on that big end game nuke, but I have found it also at times hard to acquire, basically hard, hard to find everything I need to get all of the card plays out. Uh, and, and some of that comes down to what we'll talk about with like opening moves and stuff. Like what, what is, I, I've taken a bunch of notes from like what people say is traditionally good. Uh, but this is one of the spirits where I really felt like you have to kind of go your own way, especially just with learning them. I, I'm, I'm trying to lean back into the, like, you know, we're not giving expert strategy here. We're giving like a, how do you actually get your feet wet with these spirits and learn kind of how they tick. Uh, so, I want to I want to give some analysis of at least the kit so far before we get into those opening moves, though. I, I think they are relatively straightforward and powerful. Like it is very good um, for me. It didn't feel like it inspires a lot of creativity, right? Because a lot of what you're doing is just like I kill a city or a town over there. I kill a town over there. And uh, yeah, I move the Dahan over there. And that's kind of that's kind of it. I'm not doing any other sort of like clever moves. It's just like oh, you can't reach that town? I can. I can get over there and I'll just kill that for you on your board and you don't have to worry about it. And then like every once in a while, you, you play Raging Storm to help help a team member out or whatever. And like even the playing of Lightning's Boon is not something creative you do. You just give somebody else the power to use one of their abilities uh, really, really well or whatever. But it, it feels like something you are not engaging with as much. Um, the, I think the, they shine more at higher player counts. Yeah, I think they're that yeah. type of spirit like because I've seen four. them be the backbone of like several games yeah. at this point yeah. where it was like, like where lightning is like the team leader because of the sheer, I mean, like you said it yourself, the amount of targetable land yes. that lightning can acquire very, very quickly makes it so that they are a natural, like I'm doing a little bit over here, a little yeah. bit over here, a little bit over here. And I think in that way they can be, very uh like if you're altering the game state for like two of your other fellow spirits yeah that can really allow the tempo for the spirits to get out of control yeah um and yeah. i think that is where they really shine but yeah i think in like it in two-player games i feel like it's not as it there's just not as much potential for that to get right like like, get like for hand. example let, let's think of it this way even the most obvious uh, support ability they have that allows another player to use two slows as if they were fast. If you're playing a two-player game, all right. If that spirit doesn't need that power, yep. suddenly you're not a support spirit. Right. Suddenly you're not helping. That's definitely you're how it feels. That's four. how it comes yeah. up. Is it's like right. I'm not doing what I feel like I'm meant to be doing here. Yeah. Each spirit we add. Yep. 
is an exponential growth factor as far as the likelihood (laughs) that you are useful to them. Yeah, I agree. I think that's a factor with lightning. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Your unique power cards, I don't think feel especially synergistic to the whole kit. Again, it's 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 not as clean as something like River Surges and Sunlight. It's it is still good, but there's not this like obvious like the whole system feeds into itself. And the biggest area you feel this is i want to compare lightning swift strike to ocean's hungry grasp at at this moment because the way it feels to play lightning swift strike is that you're always you have two sides of a pendulum and it's always swinging to one side farther than you want it to basically so there's the turns where I've got a, a access to play a bunch of cards, but I don't have the energy right now to do it. So right. uh, maybe I'll just not even play any cards this turn. That is like a common recommendation for either a turn one, two, or three. Is like don't play anything. Just hold on to your cards and and grow or whatever. So there's a lot of there's a lot of turns where you're like I add presence over there and that's it. That's all I'm going to do this turn because I'm I need to build up my energy for next turn when I then play everything. And on the turns where you play everything, you don't really expand into new territory. It's like one or the other is how it very often feels, is either get cards played and like kill stuff or do stuff or expand your presence. And and that's all that you do that turn. So it, it makes for a, uh, even though you can be very fast, it's like this sort of staccato, like I'm fast. Okay, hang on. I gotta, I gotta think for a second. I gotta put my stuff together. Next turn, I, I get out there and do it again. It's like every other turn, you're doing something really, really meaningful, and then you have to sort of recoup or whatever. Um, your, your biggest strength, I would say, is what we've already sort of covered. I think in depth is like you can get all over the place, especially like when you start on boards. And I think this is pretty common of highest numbered sands. Is like if you're towards the middle of your board that is so ideal because then you just like immediately get into other people's boards if you start on the coast it would be pretty like not as ideal but usually the spacing is enough where you can like easily get onto other people's boards even with your very first move uh your 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 first expansion let's talk about those first expansions your opening moves um there's a decent amount of agreement online with this um i just want to talk about how it like felt to try things out myself and then switch into trying what uh, experienced players told me and and maybe the, the slight disconnect when you don't know, you know, so often strategy, higher level strategy is presented to you without you gaining the understanding of why you are making a specific move. And I think lightning swift strike like really reinforces that feeling as a new player where you're like, all of this stuff makes so sense of being really good. Why does it feel like I'm never doing it right? Uh, there were a number of times where my innate power could have destroyed a city if I were in the right spot to actually do that, or or if I hadn't already killed the town somewhere else. You know, you have like two cards that can kill towns right away, but you actually can't reach the two towns, so you've you've goofed on playing more than you're capable of again it's that idea of like hold some stuff back until later um so our first move i think very often is to get that presence out get a second sacred site immediately uh and what most people agree is to pull both from the presence track right away uh you don't actually need to invest in a lot of card play on turn one you definitely don't you can't play four cards sorry, turn one. sorry you 
You mean you mean you mean from the top track, top the track. energy track? Yeah, the yeah. the the energy. Uh, I said presence, didn't I? The energy track, yeah. the top one. You want to, even though it's only an increase of a single dollar per turn, you cannot utilize the early card plays fast enough. Again, you it's right. six bucks to play your whole hand. There's no yeah. reason for you to get to the four card plays. So you might as well do that top track and get some extra money uh, it, it, at next turn or whatever. Um, and a lot of people say to then also just play Shatter Homesteads. Uh, Shatter Homesteads being, of course, the one that's just go kill a town uh, because especially it's two range from any sacred site and you've just placed a second sacred site. So you probably have access to your entire player board uh, on first turn. So the best thing you can do is kill whatever starting town existed there. And that's just a convenient thing to do. And that's two energy. That's a higher cost card. You don't need to also try to spend money on next turn. Basically, you can kind of just like get it out of the way uh, and, and probably even like prevent an upcoming city build or whatever. Right. If, if like luck had it uh, just nasty enough or whatever turn two, uh, it's likely you want to do positive strike, which is the single presence and gain energy, because now, because you only played one card last turn, we can upgrade ourselves to three cards. Hey, guess what? We have three cards in our hand, and we need $4 to do it, and if we gain the three energy from this growth, we can actually dump our whole hand. Uh, and that that's a, 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 it's a good thing to do, basically. You might have that feeling of Raging Storm only killed like a single explorer and that might feel bad because it's only turn two, but you know what? It's fine in the long run. It, it's going to do you favors. It just feels like uh, you're you're spending a lot of money on a small effect basically. And then the part I disagree with the most maybe for new players is you'll see people say now similar to river just do intracloud do growth option number one until you die <laughs> like do that forever and ever and ever reclaim gain a power card gain an energy and just play like a set of three cards over and over again you could do that i don't find it very interesting and also the biggest thing is the the more you do that you're never gaining more presence right you're not get you you that this is a way of thinking that I see a lot in the Spirit Island community that is just like you handle your board, I'll handle mine. And I, I think doing intracloud over and over and over again for like four more turns only works in that context. I would much rather, of course I need to reclaim my third action, but fourth action, I would much rather once again do a big growth action, probably even do the negative strike to drop another sacred site even further into someone's territory. My number one goal is to go give myself access to one of my buddies at the table, right? I'm right. a support spirit. Spirit, I want to get over there and help them. So I, I prefer the reclaim and then go get into more territories uh, and f- with three sacred sites on the board you might be quite comfortable for the rest of the game uh i i, I bounce back and forth between you know like growth one and three intracloud and positive strike from then on you know you gain three energy just drop a single more presence like with three sacred sites you are probably safe for the game and then you really do rely on like some version of dumping your hand every single turn the biggest thing is uh, I, the more you intracloud, the more you open yourselves up to actually getting into your late level innate, right? Because until you get another fire and another water, like you can't really do anything basically with your high level innates. But maybe that doesn't matter is my well, biggest you also, argument. You also can't do your innate, like the higher level of it without having more card play. Right. So it doesn't really make sense. I, I think, I think 
doing a mixture of positive strike yes. and then intracloud again once you like i don't know uh, to me negative strike is seems cool but you only have two abilities that apply to sacred sites yep. so to me like and it seems like energy seems to be a bigger more pressing issue so is positive strike very often not a good strategy does that not make sense the, the I think positive strike does make a lot of sense because it's you you've opened up what you've essentially opened up is two energy per turn and your third card play and yeah I'm that's essentially what I'm arguing is fourth fourth action is another positive strike to open up the fourth card play um my argument is you're not in a rush to open up that fifth card play necessarily because it's still so expensive to try and play five cards per turn unless you've really started to luck into cheap cards that also reinforce your fire air and water needs which i found hard like i i didn't there i didn't find a ton of cards when i was drawing for cards that like fit beautifully into that mold basically um there there is a couple cards in particular that are like obviously designed for lightning swift strike to find uh and i did get one of them in one game but so often you get fire matched with like something else especially fire and water is like a hard combo to to get or whatever so i i i leaned more into a strategy of not bothering too much with those last two tiers of the innate and focusing more on like getting to that level two and eight, uh, but mm -hmm. finding cards that just reinforced my ability to do my own thing, right? I don't think this is right. a lean hard into the high tier innate stuff. I think this is a, like we said earlier, you need the push, you need the gather. If that push and gather have, has none of the symbols you need, I argue it's still better for you, basically, because what you, what you need is access to like making your, your town hits uh, uh, slightly more meaningful. And then every once in a while, you will do your high level innate. If anything, you might do it once the whole game, basically, is, is kind of my, my argument because of, because of that balance between when you do and don't have enough energy to get everything out of your hand you know is the turn going to magically align when you have enough energy you your cards aren't all in the discard pile and you've managed to push the stuff into the stack where you really want to hit it with that high level innate that's a that, that's kind of a lot of things that need to all happen at the same time with a spirit that not everything always happens right when you need it to happen basically sure i just want to point out though that if you were all if you were not going for major powers whenever you draw power cards and you specifically stuck to minors yeah. all you need is one fire one air and one water right in order to accomplish that goal which you're probably not going to get that all on the same card right so we're right. probably talking about two cards but i think that's that's pretty doable in order to just use thundering destruction as if it was your major and right. if it it is a major that costs zero. So as long as we keep these miners we're acquiring very, very cheap, which is obviously easy to do because miners are cheap. Yeah. Uh, and we have those right elements. It almost doesn't even matter what cards we're acquiring as long as Thundering Destruction is being, is, is an option in the kit. Right. I feel like that makes sense as a potential path in the mid game for, it, for it can, but again, it comes down to how much energy do you actually have. You're you're trying to do positive strike often to gain the three energy off of it, but like, you know, what you're describing is a situation where we're playing most of our unique power cards and we get like probably one or two more. Like the only way we do our top level innate is playing all four 
of our unique cards. That costs six bucks alone. Right. And we need a card with fire, air, water, like you just described. That might be two right. cards. That's six cards. So we have to get to six cards. And we have to have eight bucks at once or whatever. Like it, it, it's, oh, it, 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 I mean, we could find, we, you could find a zero, some zero cost, cost with, with those, you still need at, you, like bare minimum. You need six bucks. So you need like two turns of doing positive strike and not spending that bonus energy. Basically like, you, you know, you've got your two energy per turn. It's just, it's it in practice. It feels like a tall order to get the energy where you need it. That's what I always felt starved with was like, having enough energy to do the big strike this turn. And also, like, because you you want to do other abilities, you can't just never play cards. So you're going to end up playing your cards, and then that's the turn you need to reclaim, which means I'm not getting the presence down to boost my card plays or whatever. Like, it it has a tricky just sort of balancing act that, that I think is difficult uh, at earlier playthroughs, basically. I'm sure... You can master this spirit and like really get a good sense of how to manage your energy resources and everything. But it's mm -hmm. definitely how I, I I felt in trying to learn it was like, man, I'm I'm trying to make meaningful impacts on like blocking ravages and stuff. Uh, but that always comes at the cost of storing up enough energy and cards for a single action to use that innate, basically. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think. One one thing that I'm interested in learning in general with uh, Spirit Island is percentage chances mm -hmm. for various elements in the decks. Yeah. yeah. Um, because I think that's like something that it would be really useful to know. Right. Um, and I don't know it off the top of my head for this, of course. I mean, I didn't do the research for this. Um, <laughs> but I think that I do wonder sometimes like how viable some strategies are right. in a, from, a, from a mathematical perspective. Because mm -hmm. I find that Sometimes when I'm playing a spirit that I'm having trouble with, I just start pulling power cards and right away I'm like, wow, I just found exactly oh, I fixed what I needed. It. Yeah, exactly. So how likely was that? Right. You know what I mean? Like they clearly designed these decks thinking about how these elements relate to specific Everybody. innate powers. Yeah. You definitely. know what I mean? Like oh, so I they, as they were doing it, they were like, well, like this is this is a good lightning card or yeah. whatever, you know. Right. Um, and how many good lightning cards are there? Right. Exactly. Right. So I do think, you know, that may, maybe I should save this for the the finale episode but i do think like that that would be interesting to have all of those percentage chances and also how much does do the expansions like degrade that yeah you know what i mean i think a lot i don't know uh the, the other thing too within that that concept you're describing is like how fear cards play into that right uh this is a spirit that's decent at generating fear like you 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 get through that spear deck at a relatively decent pace which means knowing what's actually possible in that fear deck like when, you know anytime we've played with like really expert players they always are like well you know the fear card will probably solve that I, you, know, you know let's just wait and see what the fear card gives us and then we'll, we'll know right. more and it's like you right. learn so much more about how you can lean into the random chance of this game because if it isn't as random chance in your brain then you know what to expect basically yeah like how, how many right. you know I, I complain about raging storm only dealing one damage well how often are fear cards like also doing a little bit of a pick damage or, or something in that you know in that respect or how right. often are they moving explorers into territories they get how, how often can you use a fear card to collect your explorers into one territory and suddenly you do have five explorers sitting there that raging storm can nuke or whatever i, I think yeah. that's the stuff that yeah i'm i'm too early in the game to know sort of what my upper limits actually are and i think this is a spirit that's like really defined by what its upper limits 
are and how hard it can sometimes feel. Like, I, I think so much of this is colored by the fact that I came right off the back of River uh, in Sunlight, which it like, which is so just like the easiest spirit in the world to play and get and understand like do everything with. Mm -hmm. it is it is the definitive low complexity faction to me because it's just like oh my gosh all of this just works and i feel like a superhero lightning swift strike feels like you have the potential of a superhero if you could just figure out how to put all the pieces together just right it's a it's a very awkward high ceiling uh of of potential uh that you're always I was always like one piece of the puzzle away from actually making that work. Like, oh, I just mm -hmm. spent that card last turn. If I'd saved it last turn, I would have had it this turn to actually just do everything at once. And that would have been a little bit better than doing sort of chip damage. I, I think you maybe don't worry so much about like the chip damage and you worry about like big bursts of energy. I mean, it's 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 a lightning strike, right? You're, and, and it never strikes in the same place twice or whatever. Like all, all of these things I think are relevant uh, ideas because you you are not a like steady faction necessarily you you, yeah. you hit needs when they need to be hit or whatever um i i i found for early games investing in the innate a bit expensive when you could lean so much more into just like other abilities and then try towards the end of the game save up for the one big innate basically like it's it's perfectly common i think to like win the game on the turn your innate finally falls in line right. basically that's the, it's a finishing move uh it's not some like consistent core part of your strategy the lower levels are consistent parts of your strategy you're always getting the level one innate off for sure it's just right. the higher tier stuff that's hard yeah i think i think what was i think what i was bouncing around a little bit was that you describing the difficulties of it and in my head i was like like especially coming off of bringer of dreams and nightmares yeah. who's very oriented towards like picking up a major and then and then doing that you'd be like oh six energy i'm like well that's how much that's how much it costs yeah. to do a major and this is a major that we get for free along with all of these other abilities if we get to play that you right. know what i mean right so it's sort of like at in that moment where you do unlock all of this you're doing all of your your unique powers yeah. plus you know, whatever random abilities that you picked up and then ending it, like we're going in a million different directions at once, yeah. I guess is what I'm saying. And that's right. that's what I think is so interesting about lightning and at the point, but it also does sound like a lot of wasted energy too. Yes. In this round, you are probably playing cards that have no target. Yeah. Really. Right. Because you're just trying to un unlock the innate. Yeah. So, which also kind of sounds like a thunderstorm as well. Like, lightning yeah, is yeah, not yeah. <laughs> focused you know what i mean like right. lightning it isn't very predictable yeah. uh as a thing yeah. so yeah. yeah i i i think all of that counts and i also think um part of like our sort of disparity and how we how i think we feel about this spirit is i definitely think the being the person in the driver's seat with lightning is different than being the person who is benefiting from lightning being in the game. Like lightning is one of the best support spirits to have in your game with you and doing yeah. stuff, right? They're just like so incredible to be hanging out there. It's just that mm -hmm. it, it, I, I feel like the person in the driver's seat is like, yeah, I can help you over there. And that other person is like, oh my God, you saved my game. Whereas Lightning's like, yeah, if I had had just this though, man, I could have done this, 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 and this. But the other person is like, no, 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 no. What you did is more than enough. Thank you so much. And Lightning's right. always just like, but the potential, man, the potential was there. See, I think that's exactly <laughs> the type of stuff though that just 
specifically bothers you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because like my experience also playing with lightning is like this spirit is really good because there's just like it's just I'm always help- there when like, you need it. <laughs> spirit, the lightning is like helping other people out, and then you look at li- like lightning's land, and it's like yeah, well, there's not a lot of. Yeah. They're not getting a lot done on those build actions, are they, huh? Right. <laughs> like, right. And that's that's how I've that's how I've seen them from the other seats perspective. Is like not a lot of not a lot of towns and cities bothering them yeah. and then in general having like the extra right. energy to help other players. Yeah. yeah. To go back to Dredge's really good pre errata, just the it, just the sentence was enough for me to be like, oh, it's my brain. That's what happened. Because uh, uh, they said lightning is an awesome spirit, but one of the worst when it comes to min maxing card plays and energy. And that's like such a just a distinct yeah. summary of like, don't go into the spirit thinking you're, you're going to min max like every possible outcome. Just do. Oh yeah, just right. do what the table needs right now. Just do what's what's going to be good for now and save up some energy to do the big thing later yeah and here's what it is i've been playing with people who are playing as lightning that are very like off the cuff yeah type players real right. like cowboy style players yeah. you know who are not bothered by this and, and have not taken super long turns figuring <laughs> out what to right do. you know what i mean right, like, right people that are like i got options and i'm taking the one that i'm I killing like, that town and, and then next turn yeah. i'm gonna kill that town because it's dead. over there i'm gonna you're I dead that town <laughs> yeah yeah and you know what they're dead over there too you know and it's not like <laughs> But what is the best yeah, philosophical yeah. action on which to take? <laughs> um, can we all possibly stop for a moment in silence so that I can reflect mm-hmm. on the possibilities, mm-hmm. the ceilings of my potential? I need to unlock the upper echelons of what is possible. Which is actually, I'm projecting that. That's not actually what it is for you. You're like, I'm messing up. You're like, yeah, you're yeah, looking yeah. at it. I'm like, I, I, I'm messing up. It's, this, it's, it's, this feels I wrong. see what seems like could have been done and I didn't do it. And I'm like, I must have missed the way to actually kill three cities in a town all yeah. in one blow. And I, and I, I, I whiffed it. Oh darn it! <laughs> You're like a guy d- like disarming a bomb yeah. with the manual for the bomb <laughs> in front of you, and you're looking back and forth and being like, "It's this is it's too easy. This is yeah. too easy." Meanwhile, the the clock is ticking. Yeah, yeah, you know? exactly, exactly. Uh, I do think uh, all of that said, it's like obviously this is still a powerful spirit. I, I think this is a good spirit at winning in fear level two. Like you're just too good at just knocking out towns and and then even sometimes cities basically where you you really remove the buildings from the map and and it's generally like halfway through fear level two you're like oh oh we're just gonna clean it up real quick actually oh we're just oh we're just gonna be done now um i i i think you can reliably find a win in about that tempo of of, right i don't know what like action it would be on like what turn number uh i haven't gotten to the point of the like high level strategy where you start thinking of the game and like how many rounds is a game of spirit island but i do think that's going to be an interesting aspect also to explore is like what are we talking about in terms of like tempo in a game of spirit island how many total actions do i have because i don't think i've thought that far in advance yet uh and i think having a better understanding of that would maybe make me better play a spirit like lightning if we're talking about save up big time for this innate that can be hard to do if i Mm -hmm. have in my brain games end turn seven that's like just the average normal thing then i can sit in turns five and six and a little bit better be like this isn't the end game this is prepping for the end game and turn seven, I'll save up my energy to pop the big, the big ability. And and I think getting to that level is what would make a spirit like lightning swift strike, uh, feel a lot more uh, confident basically. Yeah. Another aspect of it is we talked earlier about like, ah, if you had a gather or a push, uh, or more push, I should say, 
because um, you do have some Dahan push. You have Dahan I guess. push, but I, I, yeah. it, it doesn't come up in the way you want it to come up, sure, basically. Sure. But another thing you can do is just not worry about a particular land and let it get yeah. worse and worse and worse. And the thing about that is that that does often help build tempo, especially right. if you're not having to spread your presence around very right. much. Right. If you're not that presence scared and you're like, all right, I'm going to let one land get a little bit out of control so that I can get tempo on the rest of my area. Yeah. I feel like that makes sense with this type of spirit, or at least that that's yeah. something you could potentially explore. Yeah. I, I think the big fear uh, that I, I had was seeing how many uh, high-level players really, like, emphasize, like, not getting a lot of presence out. Like, it seems like a lot of people are very comfortable with, like, two sacred sites, that's it. That's all that's on the board. And you, yeah. you live the rest of your life in that little zone. And that was tough for me because i was always trying to help my other spirit i wanted to get into their territory to actually combo off of their abilities in fun interesting ways so i think a part of that is just that yearn for spirit island to do what it does best which is like make these spirits like really really talk to each other and so i think mm -hmm. I, I think i stretched further than like high level play would suggest you do but i think it feels better for learning the spirit basically when you have access to the whole map you really start to see what all your powers can do well, we don't talk about high-level play on Weird, this show that's now, not do us. we? Uh, hey, do you want to take a quick break and tell me about Shadows Flicker Like Flame? Sure. I'm dying to know about shadows flicker like flame. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, sure you are. Yeah, <laughs> I believe that. I believe that's an energy I can believe. You know what uh, I found? You know what I actually did find though. In in playing with other people, this is the one that nobody ever picks up. In my at least in in the people I yeah. play with, nobody ever wants to play this spirit. So I don't have a lot of experience with it because it's just. The one that people look at it and go, yeah, I could do that, or I could be the big rock guy. I think I'm going to be the big rock guy. <laughs> I have done us a huge disservice <laughs> in that I should have, I mean, I messed up, right? And I played the wrong spirit, right? <laughs> Four. Uh -huh. But bringer of dreams and nightmares would have been an excellent final yeah, spirit finishing for move. us to talk about. <laughs> and instead, <laughs> I think this is the worst spirit in base game yeah just as far as a player experience level yeah i think it's a little too uh it's kind of is a little hinky dinky yeah like that's my review of <laughs> shadows flicker like flames and i also found that not a lot of people even really care to talk about them yeah uh, which that's the thing that's just gonna be a thing you know <laughs> Um, and There's like a million fact, spirits I'm, at this point. Some of them, yeah. some of them just aren't talked about. Not everybody's yeah. a mud otter, okay? Right, right. <laughs> um, and perhaps you know we're beginning something here—a sort of Arborek-like relationship with Shadows <laughs> Flicker Like Flames, where we, where where we create a sort of you know group of pseudo individuals mm -hmm. that spend all their time just tinkering and and stinkering about <laughs> what to do about shadows. Uh, but let's get into it, shall we? Let's yeah. do it. Okay. Um, as far as lore goes, they're uh, scary fire-based shadow boogeyman, fire <laughs> boogeyman. They're like a boogeyman, but like fire. Uh -huh. Actually, not really like a boogeyman. They're more they're an more animalistic. They're not like a personified. It's not like the Babadook or something. Right. It's just like it's just you know a shadowy, flamey, yeah. 
figure. They're, um, they're, the stuff that's actually written on their spirit panel is like literally the most nebulous thing. It's just oh, very yeah. like, oh, and in the darkness, there is the calming of the way you should think about the way you are. It's like instead of having like bringer of dreams and nightmares is like a, a like the you know it's like the grim reaper or like it's like a character from from your dreams yeah. from the mind palace you know <laughs> uh, and shadows flicker like flames is more like fear of the unknown of the of the darkness in the jungle yeah um, and it's sort of its relationship with the, the Dahan is sort of co mingled. And and I would say, but the Dahan, of course, live in fear of sure. the shadows, but also the shadows kind of follow the Dahan around a little bit. Um, and that was my best attempt at describing uh, the lore. I'm really proud I've, of you. I'm really proud thank of you. Because it's a, thank it's a, you. I mean, it doesn't. It's just it doesn't make sense to me because it's a shadow and the fire seemingly is the opposite yes. of that. Yes. It should be like maybe like a smoke monster, uh -huh. like in Lost. That's maybe it, it does kind of look. Yeah. Okay. New new thi new thing. No longer called it's Shadows Flicker like thing. It's smoke monster. Love it. Smoke monster from Lost, <laughs> um, created by J.J. Abrams, uh, <laughs> show run by Damon Lindelof and Carlton Cuse, uh, starring Matthew Fox, um, uh, the bald guy, uh, Mike, uh, uh, Terry O'Quinn, sure, the bald guy, yeah, um, Hurley. Uh, who else? <laughs> Hurley, just starring Hurley, Kate Austin, uh, also known as yeah, I don't remember uh, the actress's name. Evangeline Lilly. Yes, I did. Evangeline Lilly, yes, who is not boring. Evangeline <laughs> Lilly, who is not boring. <laughs> she's not boring. I understand why she's in so many things because she is definitely not boring. Um, <laughs> set up. Let's get into it. Uh, put. Three presents on your starting board, wow. two in the highest number jungle, and one in land five. Neat. Uh, we're going to talk about... This, I'll tell you a little difference uh, between these two spirits we're talking about this week. Uh, we're going to have some presents problems. Uh, <laughs> it's not going to be all, you know, loosey-goosey on the present. Uh, things are going to be weird. We're going to have some issues. Uh -huh. uh, let's talk about special rules and innate powers. We have a special rule, baby. It is called shadows of the dahan whenever you use a power you may pay one energy to target a land with dahan regardless of powers range mm. this is very cool right we can go anywhere on the map that has dahan there mm -hmm. all we got to do is pay one energy cool it'd be such a shame if we had a kind of a tough time with energy that'd be a shame <laughs> wouldn't it but you know, we'll get into it. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe this will be good. Maybe this will be bad. I, I like uh, the idea. Just my, my first reaction to this ability is just the sense that, like, there's this seeming slight increase in the power of actually spreading out the Dahan, which is something I never do. My whole thing with mm -hmm. moving Dahan is always like, let's get a stack. And, you know, I want two Dahan, two, a stack of two everywhere. Right. Whereas it seems like Shadow is like, you know, every once in a while, just just making sure they're kind of everywhere would be really would be really great for me uh, if, yeah. if, if we can make that work or whatever. It's not so bad. Um, our innate power is called Darkness Swallows the Unwary. Um, it is a quick power. It is range one from a sacred site, and that part's kind of a bummer. <laughs> um, it's you can target any land with it. Um, the first version of this ability uh, costs two moon and one fire. 
It allows you to gather one settler. Oh, whatever. Um, <laughs> next version is two moon and two fire. Destroy up to two settlers, but you get one fear per settler destroyed. That's cool. Okay. Next, uh, next version of the power is four moon, three fire, and two feather. Do three damage and one fear per invaders destroyed by this damage. So that's not that's not so bad. We're gathering, we're destroying, mm -hmm. and then we're doing just straight up damage, and we're generating a lot of fear if we're yeah. using the highest tiered number of this. All right, so this is definitely a fear based spirit. Uh, we're gonna talk mostly about. I think if you're playing this spirit, you're like a support spirit that is helping us get through that fear deck as yeah. quickly as possible. Um, I want to talk about the, I liked your order, Matt. I'm going to steal your order. We're going to talk about the presence tracks. Um, we got our top track, which is energy. We start with zero, uh-oh, then one, and three, hmm. four, five, and then six. Um, card play, we start with one, yuck, and then two, and then three, and then three, and then four, and then five. Hmm. However, uh, the best version of our innate uh, works with just four cards. Now, uh, do we have enough of what we need in order to play with just our unique powers? We do not. Mm. Um, we will need more fire in order to accomplish this, um, but we pretty much have everything else on lock. So there you go. Not too bad. We're just looking for one card with fire on it. Yeah. Um, however, let's talk about growths. You're going to immediately see that the we are, it's going to take us a long time to be getting any of this stuff unlocked whatsoever. Yeah. So we have three. Um, I uh, also decided to name mine. Uh, the first one I uh, decided to call Smolder in Darkness. Mm. We reclaim cards and we gain a power card. This is our rest growth. Yep. Right. Um, it's worth noting that I think this is one of, I mean, this is like the least amount of stuff we yeah. get. We are just getting, I mean, it may as well just be reclaim. Um, because we have another growth that has gain a power card. Oh, wow. You know? Yeah, um, right, of course. So our our second growth is called, I'm just calling Creep. Um, we gain a power card, and we add uh, a presence, one away. Fine. Uh, growth three, uh, I'm calling Wildfire, which, to be honest, is not that wild. But uh, <laughs> add a presence, three away, and then gain three energy. So what you're going to notice there is, and I I've said this incorrectly in the past, uh, I've made a point that I've later thought was dumb uh, because most spirits have a growth. The reclaim growth commonly is not one where you get to place presence. However, right. a lot of spirits get to place more presence yeah. than shadows flicker like flames. Right. And it's very key for us to have uh, presence in certain places because of our kind of difficult energy track. Yeah. So we would love to use our shadows of Dahan special rules ability all the time, right? But it costs one energy per target, meaning very quickly uh, we're going to run into an energy ceiling as far as how many cards we can play uh, and how much we're able to make any of that uh, worthwhile. Yeah. We're also going to start accruing some blight, baby. We're going to be blight <laughs> big time. You'll, you'll see. That, um, that, three, that three away, though, is pretty crazy. I mean, that, that's a rarity to have the ability to stretch a presence so far away from, from your particular zone. But I don't know. Yeah, like the fact that your innate is also a sacred site means it's like, I, I mean, is there a balance between like just getting presence all over the board or is it like, no, 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 no. Set up a couple sacred sites and, and that's where you live or whatever. 
Um, I have found, I haven't really found, I think, a, a good balanced approach to where to place presence with shadows because mm -hmm. I actually feel like that add a presence three away is a little bit strange to me mm -hmm. because of our special rule, Shadows of the Dawn. Right. You don't. I find more often than not, uh, if I want to help out a buddy, I just look where their Dahan is, right. and I'm like, hey, guess what? I can actually help out here. Yeah. So being able to throw my presence into another land has yet to make sense to me as something that's useful. Yeah. So yeah, I've done it to get extra sacred sites in order to allow my innate to have more range, um, but also mostly like, well, let's let let me let's break down the unique powers, yeah. and then you'll see like what the issue is here because it's right. not just about sacred sites. Yeah. Um, in fact, it's it's hardly about sacred sites. It's really <laughs> just about um, the range of our abilities. Yeah, so yeah. here's our unique powers. Uh, first one is called Concealing Shadows. Uh, it's a zero cost, which is great. Um, it has a moon and a feather. It's a quick ability. Its range is zero. Uh, the target is any land, and it does one fear, and then Dahan take no damage from ravaging invaders this turn uh. um we do not have any defense abilities we get to cancel a, a huge amount of damage that's an unlimited amount of damage right, right there which is cool in theory but we do not have a way to prevent that blight from a right. coming right that's gonna happen yeah. you know um but luckily these dahan are going to be able to counterattack in a way that is useful this is also um, so awkward because like we don't specifically have any other reason to put our presence where Dahan are. We can just use abilities where Dahan are, but then this is like, but no, also have your presence where the Dahan are so that you can even use this at all. Right. So oftentimes the choice with Shadows Flicker Like Flame is whether not that whether you're going to use the Shadows of the, the Dahan ability to help your buddies. Mm -hmm. It's whether you're going to use it to help yourself. Yeah. Because hmm. of this zero range ability. Right. Yeah, right. Um, next one. Crops wither and fade. This one costs one. It's a slow power. Its range is also zero. Comes with a moon, fire, and a plant. Plant, obviously, we do not need. Um, we can target any land with this. Uh, this is two fear. Replace one town with a settler or replace one city hmm. with one town. So this isn't so much killing anything, but this is decent for tempo, and we're getting a little bit of uh, fear for free. Yeah. Um, I. It's kind but again we're at zero range so we may uh if if this is a particularly bad land this might be a presence that we're going to be throwing away to blight or we had to actually pay two costs in order to use this wherever um because of that shadows of the dahan yeah. tax okay so it can look like we're really cheap but everything like we have that cost zero that might be cost one right. actually add one to everything basically is what you're saying like add yes. one to probably the potential of everything and how you would might actually want to use it hmm. yes gross uh, the next is mantle of dread um that we get a moon a feather and a claw um it costs one it is a slow power it targets any spirit mm -hmm. um and it does two fear and then the target spirit may push one settler and one town from a land where it has presence again with that that weird kind of tension between oh we don't need our presence where yeah. there's settlers because if the dahan is there that's just as good well also to use this ability we need to have our presence where something is now yeah. can we use this as some sort of trade with another spirit absolutely and i think it actually has a little more potential especially in the mid game uh, for that type of use. Mm -hmm. um, but it is it is giving us a roundabout way to get some fear on the board and push a settler in a town. So decent for, um, you know, getting tempo. It's really good if you can turn it into a fast with lightning, to be honest. Like just, <laughs> right. just skipping 
just <laughs> skipping forward is pretty great. Um, and then our last unique power is called Favors Called Do. Uh, sorry, I read that weird. It's called Favors Called Do. Um, actually, that's just a weird, like that's the way that's odd. worded is just <laughs> what Favors Called Do. I don't know. I can't. That just sounds so weird to me. Um, anyways, gives you a moon, a fire, and a feather. It costs one. It is a slow power. Its range is one, and its target is any land. Gather up to four Dahan. If invaders are present and Dahan now outnumber them, three fear. So, obviously, we got a lot of good fear generation in here. We're getting a lot of fear for free. Just for doing stuff, we get some fear. Um, I like favors called do. I wish we had, like, maybe a little more, like, like, it's gather up to four, which is great, which also kind of interacts oddly with Shadows of the Dahan because we end up wanting to... It's like a card that's saying, gather all the Dahan up into one yeah. land. It's like, all right, no. well, now our range situation is going to be difficult. Right. Um, so, yeah, I, I and I'm sorry I'm packing a lot of the analysis into the breakdown of these components, but I think it I want to highlight issue. where yeah. the tension points are yeah. so that maybe you find ways to um, avoid them. Um, let's talk about potential friends and other spirits. Um, we need a team. This is a team <laughs> spirit. This is not. This is not a two-player spirit. Yeah. I don't like it. Yeah. Um, unless I mean, you got to play with an expert. If somebody that's really good at the game will probably two-player spirit with with uh, with you just fine. I only won games with this spirit uh, when there were at least four players. Oh wow! Um, in in it, I didn't even. I don't even think I won a game when it was me, Sean, and Shelton. So that that would be a three-player game. Yeah. I don't even think that was enough. Mm. So I when I was playing it with four people, we did great both times. Um, I was able to to make it happen. Um, and I do think you you offer your friends uh, enough, like just enough, I would say, to make it so that every once in a while somebody will be like, oh, I can afford to help you. Um, like I said, do not forget about uh, how Mantle of Dread can be used. Do not forget that once you sort of, once you get into the mid and late game, you can start using your abilities to like just kind of stretch across and be like, hey, look, I can uh, actually go over here and do this uh, because you have some Dahan over here. So don't forget about that. Yeah. Um, and definitely, you know, try and make some trades. I like I like partnering. If we're just talking about base game spirits, I think Lightning, Thunderspeaker, Rivers, maybe even Oceans yeah. um, are potentially good partners for you. I think you're not super, you're not a great pairing with like the slower defensive spirits. Yeah. I would love to be with with the people that move quickly and, and do uh, a lot of damage on their own yeah. so that I can just keep adding to that fear deck. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, right. I'm just going to be over here generating fear and trying to keep everything from not getting too bad in my own territory mm -hmm. um, while everyone else is just getting online so that in the mid game we can, you know, they can ca carry me. Right. <laughs> but, I, but I am making the game a little bit shorter. You know what I mean? Right, fear right, generation's right. not nothing, but yeah. Keep my stuff um, alive and we'll get out of here quicker. <laughs> right, right. Um, our innate power, Darkness Swallows the Unwary. It's, I mean, I, I think it's potent. But it's gonna be it's gonna take a long time as far as growth goes. And some of my worst games, I ended up really kind of stalling out growth wise. Yeah. And that did not feel good. There right. there have been games I've played as Shadows where I was like, uh oh, I am just managing the disaster now mm -hmm. and hoping that the team can save me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like where I'm like, I'm no longer contributing to tempo in any real way yep. and instead just trying to disaster manage so that I don't cause us to lose before my friends can rush can in something. and bring the cavalry, yep. you know? Right. Um, so that's not great. 
Um, Growth-wise, I mean, two of our growths add one presence um, and one doesn't. So that's just a slow build. That's really like slow. that's we have no fast uh, aspect to it. Yep. Um, and yeah, I, we have a lot of we have our cards are cheap. But then we have this special rule that's kind of just a constant tax. Yep. And it drives me insane because it's like I want to use this ability to my advantage. Yeah. But I also am, you know, I, I if I take, you know, if I take wildfire a lot, I'm gaining three energy. Yeah. Um, but what I'm not gaining is a power card. Yep. And this this spirit is one that really would like to avoid doing the rest, the, the reclaim action. Mm -hmm. we, mm -hmm. we don't want to do that. We would always love to take creep and kind of gamble on getting another minor power that ends up being useful and kind of yeah. staving off that reclaim because on reclaim we do nothing we, yeah. we're not getting any more presence out right. we want to uncover our presence tracker yeah so that we can do more stuff you can do um, anything and, it feels like <laughs> yeah yes um i want a lot of energy because i want to be able to have full access to shadows i want to be able to use shadows mm -hmm. of the dahan all the time on all of my abilities and not worry about presence so yeah. much. Well, you know? it, it's awkward too, right? Because at least with your unique power cards, that cost is a little bit assumed with the design of the spirit. Like, oh, they're, they're all cheap, right. right? If you if you are just right. paying for their normal costs, your whole hand is only three bucks. That's amazing. But every time you gain a minor power, it's like, it could be this, but anything that's based off my presence is ugly. But now like minor power cards aren't, taking into account your plus one so the like yes. if anything that energy cost feels way nastier on the stuff you're drawing even though right. i mean two of your abilities are drawing cards you are it looks like you're drawing a lot of cards throughout the game but right. they all just look way more expensive than they do for everybody else yes yes so let's break down this is this is those opening moves this is you know i i i look at what people are already talking about sure. and this is just kind of my take on it, but it's not going to be much different from what you see out there. Mm -hmm. um, so turn one, I mean, I think we got to start with uh, Wildfire. Um, and that lets us, get, you know, because we need some extra energy going into this. Mm -hmm. um, and I think you got to immediately unlock two card plays. That's what sucks about any, I mean, any spirit that starts with one card play. Yeah. It, we have to do two. You can't be just be playing one card yeah, every, every turn. That that's, that's any insane. spirit. Um, so we don't even get to go. That's what drives me crazy too, is it's like, we're we're getting our bonus three energy from this growth, but we're not even starting to work on the top track, <laughs> the energy track. Yeah, That's yeah. So we bad. gain we no money. Do, yeah, oh we got to do card play first. It's like a lot of times with spirits, I notice they have a gimme track, a track uh -huh. that starts so good that we're not gonna have to worry about that till later, or maybe we won't even need to worry about that. Right. Whereas shadows starts, and I'm like, ugh, both tracks. We're not doing great. Awful. Um, as far as cards to play, I think. The natural uh, way of things is to start with favors called do, um, which is the one that lets us gather up to four to haunt. So we'll, we will use that to set up. Hopefully you can very easily outnumber the invaders, uh, hopefully without even having to move all four to Han, because yeah. we do not want the Dahan too clustered uh, because it will limit our range in the future. Um, but do what you got to do. I, I mean, I like, I want that three fear for outnumbering, uh, yeah. the invaders. So right. that's, that, I, mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm like too attracted to that. Um, and then mantle of dread, uh, also makes a lot of sense. That's the one that generates two fear. And then the target spirit pushes one settler and one town from a, t from a land where it has presence. Our mm -hmm. presence will be a sacred site, uh, in the highest jungle. We got the one in land number five and then you've placed one additional so hopefully right. 
uh, we're, you know, getting started with placing uh, presents where we need it. Um, I hope. I would like to not have to use, not spend an extra energy uh, in the opening of this game yep. in, in order to actually use these abilities effectively. But you got to do what you got to do. I don't know. <laughs> so turn two, uh, we creep, uh, taking from the top track, because we want to start working on energy, um, and we draw a minor card. Um, hopefully that minor card is good and and goes into your uh, game quite nicely. Um, you know, obviously we're looking for moon, fire, and feather. Mm -hmm. um, so keep those in mind as far as possibilities. But honestly... This is the type of spirit where I'm like, if it's useful, I'm using it. Yeah. I don't care. I will I will take stuff just for the utility. It's not always about the elements with this one. Yeah. We, we really want to be able to uh, just get as many things going as possible for and us. And cheap, it seems like. Yeah, and <laughs> cheap, yeah. Um, so uh, on this turn, we play Concealing Shadows, which is the one that cancels any possible damage and lets the Dahan counterattack. Um, so because this is our first turn with a Ravage, so hopefully Dahan will be able to clear. Um, and then the other card could be like a good minor, like instead of the other one you've got left, yeah. I don't like crops wither and fade fade is the one that allows you to replace one city or, uh, replace one town with a settler. Yeah. Hopefully you're not replacing a city with a town, but the range on that one is zero. Yeah. Okay. So we're trying to, we're trying to get energy tempo. Yeah. So I'm not recommending that we dip right into that shadow tax. Right. But again. You might have to, um, in order, like we, if, if you're sacrificing energy, te energy tempo, but losing on the ground, that's not good either. Right. Okay. Right. Um, so yeah, I really hope you get lucky with the miners. Uh, that would be great. I had one game where I got really lucky with drawing good miners that synergized with me quite well early. And that made a world of difference from the <laughs> one where that was not true. Yeah. Um, turn three, we're going to creep again. We're going to do the same growth. We're gonna stay in the top track. We're trying to get our energy unlocked. Um, we're gonna we're gonna be stuck at two card plays for a while. I would love to play more cards. It's we gotta we we need energy for yeah, cards. Right. We're gonna draw another miner also, um, and this is the part where I just say play the cards you have left. I don't know what they are. Right. That's that's whatever. That's you've how done. this guide works. That, that's what even the community has just agreed. Like. And then on turn three, I don't know. <laughs> I now don't know what you have. And you <laughs> play it out. Yeah. And ho I hope it. I hope it was good. Yeah. I hope that was best a good of luck one. out there, buddy. Stay yeah. strong. <laughs> um. And obviously, turn four, you no longer have any cards in your hand, so you will have to smolder. I would consider if you have not had to pay the shadow tax at all. Right. This is where, if I'm playing a good game, like where I'm like, okay, things are kind of going okay. I would actually consider drawing a major at this point. Yeah. Um. You've probably drawn a minor that isn't good. Or, you know, honestly, I don't think, I don't really like crops wither and fade that much. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's nice that you can replace a city with a town. That's that's fine. But majors are also pretty good. Yeah. And if we've been saving some energy where you can really turn it around with this spirit is like getting access to those majors. Because we, we've only placed two presents or three presents at this point. But Shadows of the Dahan used on a major is a world of difference. Yeah. You know. That is now allowing us to do a lot of crazy stuff. What sucks about the major deck for um, the spirit, though, is there are a lot of major powers that like kill the Han. We don't want to do that. Yeah. We are we need the Dahan big time. We don't want to be taking away from from that. So we want like nukes and like fear generation cards yeah. that are big and meaty and don't do negative 
the Han stuff. We would like to keep them as much on the board as possible. If you see your your other spirits killing their own Dahan for any reason, speak up and say, "Hey, I can't I can't help where you don't have yeah. Dahan." If you do that, you ruin my chances to have a meaningful impact on the rest of this game basically Which, at all. And to be honest, <laughs> like fair enough, the, your response from that spirit might be, "That's fine. You're yeah. not going to help me that much anyways." <laughs> like that would be a fa- I wouldn't be offended by that at all. <laughs> the vibe you give this spirit is that uh, whatever like difficulty your adversary is, like oh we're playing at difficulty four. Well, if we add shadows in, we're actually playing difficulty five. We can just it, crank it, that up a little bit. <laughs> it is tough. I th- I think that they are the spirit I've had the most trouble just getting shifted up into gear. Yeah, just getting them online. Right. I'm not trying to say that once they're online, it's crap. Right. That's not true. But I've just had a lot of games where it it felt like I'm showing up to the party too late and then things started going bad. And I'm looking around at my other fellow spirits and they're nice and online and doing things and I'm still like in the early game. Right. It feels. Um so I think the I just think the power progression for them uh is tough. And it's weird because they remind me so much of Bringer of Dreams and Nightmares just without the obvious nods towards getting a major and having that be the backbone of your abilities. Yeah, right. Because instead it's like, okay, all the powers are cheap, but then you might have to pay one extra. So are how cheap are they? Um, we want to play two of them. We might have to we might have to do shadows for both, which means they're both a little bit pricier yeah. than they appear initially. Um, so how well does that feed into majors well the energy track is so bad that like maybe you don't have the energy for a major that's going to help yeah um is the innate good it's pretty good but <laughs> we're not going to get it to that high level yeah until we have like four or possibly five card draw which Man. is the end of our track on yeah, the bottom right C- compare it to again this uh, the more we look at other spirits the more i'm like actually annoyed at how good river surges and sunlight is like compare this where you probably need five cards to be played two of them not being cards you started with maybe uh or, or like you right. at, you at least need like what was it a bonus uh fire to, to happen right so five cards right. to do what deal three damage right uh and get get like a little bit of bonus fear compared to river surges and sunlight play four cards there, yes. there are four unique power cards do exactly enough to deal two damage to every single invader in a territory. Like, yes. I could do three damage if I got a lucky card versus I can do a, a 14 damage uh, just because I'm sitting here, basically. Yep. that That's when we sit. This is you're, you're calling this the Arborek was so apt. It's like, it's not that it's quote unquote bad, but it's not as good as the other stuff everybody else has. <laughs> yes, yes. That's, that's kind of... That's the whole thing, basically. Yeah. I think the part of it that drives me insane is the the range mm-hmm. on these unique powers. Yep. That's the that's the point where if I could change anything, I would like just I just loosen that pressure up just yeah. a little bit because that just seems a little bit a little bit tough. And I, again, this is something we've harped on a couple times. I would love to like talk to uh, the people that make Spirit Island about this sometime. I'd just be curious to hear what they have to say. I do not understand the complexity ratings at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, I This is a low complexity spirit and bringer of dreams and nightmares is a similar spirit and it's high complexity. Uh, is that, was that a typo or are those supposed to be switched? Cause <laughs> I, that's how I feel. Yeah. I feel shadows flicker like flames seems to be high difficulty. Yeah. Now complexity, maybe that's what it is. It's because they've chosen that word complexity 
that doesn't necessarily mean that's not a one-to-one word with difficulty. Yeah. But what's the point of then reigning the complexity? Like as far as for what the player, what is the intended uh, outcome? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I would, I'm just going to be honest. I did not like this spirit. This is the first spirit I've had to deal with that I disliked. I played them. I played them more than I played the last spirit. Yeah. Um, and did not like them and I did not crack them either. I, I, I have no problem admitting to you all right now that I am not coming into this episode with a level of confidence I would say is quite high. I, in fact, I would love if my whole stance on this is just triggering someone in the community to write a very long post about why I am wrong, basically. Right. Sure. Give me that. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm begging for it. That's something we do on this show. Is like, I'm putting forward my, my stuff, my things. Now, tell me I'm wrong because I would love to tell everyone else what you <laughs> said. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I would love to bring that insight in. Uh, and I did look at what other people thought about this spirit, and I did not find it particularly compelling. It it didn't seem to fix the problems I was running into in my own games. Yeah. Um. I do think that overall, uh, this is a spirit that is going to do better in a game with other with more other spirits. I think it's a high player count spirit. Um. It's not, I think as a low player count spirit, it's just not fun, uh, and you don't have as much of a chance. I think of uh of shifting in the not into that high gear and getting yeah. a lot of stuff done. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a tricky one. I, I, I think the theme of you and I doing these guides is, is that like the people that write the high level strategy for, or just like strategy in general for spirit Island are so often focused on, uh, uh, more complex things. And I, I just find myself always reading a strategy trying to do it and like i said earlier not understanding like the principles behind why this high level strategy is intended to work the way that it does and it's like you really do have to like gain a more core understanding of a lot of the various components of the game before that stuff starts to click into place which is why yeah i think we've bounced back and forth on like what who we're talking to (laughs) with these guides and it's it's the most notable in spirits like this where it's like they're just like it's not very good and it's complex to talk about because it's it's hard to even point you in the direction of how to like really unlock the potential of this spirit. And, and maybe these kinds of spirits are just better served for when you're better at the game, right? Like you right. you could pick up the game and your first session could be River Surges and Sunlight and I know you're going to have a good time and it's going to yeah. and like things are going to feel cool and make sense to you. Right. Uh, but like shadows flicker like flame, uh, 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 oceans hungry grasp, like those were ones where it's like, I don't know. There's like a level of logic that this game is expecting of you to just ju- to just equip this spirit that that is right. difficult. Yeah, I also think that Spirit Island has, and Twilight Imperium has this too a little bit. Um, a sort of it's almost poker like in the amount of understanding you need. To, like poker presents itself as a simple game. Yeah, it it presents itself as. Here are, you know, you just draw some cards and you make connections between those cards, whatever. Yeah. But once you start understanding the probabilities, there's like objectively correct. Well, not objectively. There's like the correct play as yeah. far as odds go. Right. And I think Spirit Island has that a little bit. And until you know those odds, it's like until you can count, count cards, yeah. you're not going to be very good at poker. 
Right. But if you can count cards, you're going to be really good at poker, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, actually, totally. counting cards is like cheating, but whatever. <laughs> it, it, my point, and actually, I don't think you can count yeah, cards if that's you're changing a the deck thing. a whole bunch. Yeah. That's a blackjack thing. I'm completely messing it up. My point is this. On a poker uh, podcast, they'd be talking about odds all the time. Right. This is a, a show where we talk about Spirit Island, and I don't know the odds yep. for like half the stuff. Right. Right, and, and and the expansions yeah. like blow it out the stratosphere for what the odds right. potential are. Like you add like twelve new mechanics to the game over the course of all the expansions, and there's the new one out now, and I don't even know what's in. It. I've not even looked at Nature's Incarnate to 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 know. But yeah, I mean it's right. it's cool. I'm excited to do the wrap up episode because I think there's a lot of stuff like this that we can talk about of just like yes. the process of learning this game and what it what it meant and what what we hope to do going forward with it uh but for now i want to thank our weird bears big al cappuccino squeamish emu pope billy the second brassford cabal of soul kalu and daryl jadim jedi carnal kindred spirit alice lord raddington emil shevsky sunfax absol ricky m44 and r wise and i want to thank our teensy sprouts kraken general pith hercules savant and vince if you can uh, rate this podcast on wherever you're listening to it, it would do us a big solid. Give us a five star rating and tell us that you don't like our stupid jokes. You know, you can do one step better. You're always one step better than four stars. Five stars goes down real smooth. Uh, you can send this Imperium life stories, which are your exploits in the world of Twilight Imperium. And I am dying to get more of them right now because I want to very soon, like in the next two months, I want to do a This Imperium Life episode. So I want to do a collection of stories of things you've done in game. This can always be yeah. like, oh my gosh, I did this amazing thing to win. It doesn't have to be that though. We, we get a lot of those, but we don't get enough of the like, I just had an amazing opening in round one and I want to tell you about how crazy my round one was. I lost the game, sure, but I got a war sun round one or whatever it is. I don't care. I want sure. the really, really wacky stuff you can do uh, in, in, in post POK, post Codex 3 Twilight Imperium. Yeah, I also just kind of love the idea of doing this Imperium Life uh, Christmas uh, Christmas Land edition, uh -huh. where we do it around Christmas, and we just ask for specifically this Imperium Life uh, stuff. That's just like the this wasn't like a winning strategy. No. It was just a crazy right. uh, the the stars aligned and a crazy sequence of things <laughs> happened that wouldn't be useful to submit as strategy, right? Because it will never happen again, right? That yeah, kind yeah. Of thing. I need this Imperium Life where it's like, can you believe that the circumstances allowed this to yeah. happen? What yes. a what a what yes. a magnificent case. Uh, hey, let's do a homebrew review. William Willard gives us a, a, a change to Mentac. There was a conversation about Mentac in general. And, and I want to leave this with just a fun conversation point I saw, which yes. was people saying the idea of turning salvage ops into an ability and then taking pillage and turning it into a tech. <laughs> So Mentac doesn't steal trade goods from the get-go. They don't ruin round one, mm -hmm. but they have, you know, they, they they get this money from attacking and then later on in the game, you could start stealing money or whatever if you, if you teched into it. That's a fun idea. William Willard, I think, took some of those concepts and turned them right. into more things. William Willard has an ambush here that I'm actually not going to get into because it's not, it's not, there, there's, there's just like, they've slightly refined ambush to maybe be a little bit better. Uh, it, it targets right. non-fighter ships, basically. But the real abilities is we've modified pillage and we've added ability, an ability called plunder. So pillage is if your neighbor's commodity value is three or higher it is reduced by one Whoa. when your neighbor replenishes their commodities gain one trade good so you don't 
technically steal trade goods from them, but you sort of do because you get the buck they would have gotten from their other thing. But like you go part next to Jolnar and they're now just a three commodity faction, uh, right. but it doesn't affect anybody with two commodities. Silly idea. Then let's also talk about plunder. Plunder is after you win a space combat, take one of your opponent's trade goods or commodities. So this counteracts Ooh. the idea. Pillage sounds like, oh, that's a decent amount of money, but I'm not pillaging every single transaction, right? A normal pillage is two people trade. I might get two bucks out of that. Now it's like I get maximum five bucks from the table, right? Off of pillage right. per round. Right. But then plunder is like, also go seek your fortunes, buddy. <laughs> get, get some yeah. more money or whatever. Yeah, I really love that. Um, I, though, am very opinionated on this particular subject, uh -huh. on things having to do with Mentech. I would like to present uh, an alternate path. Um, I love plunder, though. I I've had this idea of, like, what we need to do is get rid of salvage ops. Yeah. Um, however, I think that... So I would, I, would, I would get rid of salvage ops, add plunder, mm -hmm. and then... I would make it so that Mentac's new faction tech is a special cruiser with the ambush ability, and I would get rid of the ambush ah. as a faction ability, yep. and instead would give Mentac a special cruiser. Right. Because they are a cruiser faction right. that doesn't have a faction specific cruiser. Right. Um, and I would make this would be a slight nerf because they would no longer get ambush on destroyers, but I've always thought. You don't. Do I don't that. care. Yeah, <laughs> I don't really do that. Right. Well, and and it would give you an excuse to make ambush quite a bit better too, right? Oh, like yeah. like if it if you kept it at two yellow or or made it like two red or something, whatever it is, the the or no, you're saying it's a cruiser two upgrade. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's cruiser two, but you make it like quite good. <laughs> so when you tech yeah. into it, yeah, it's like we're still one capacity cruiser. Like it's all the risks, but like way better chances on the because the big problem also well, with ambush is like how it interacts with anti-fighter barrage the timing is really bad so people have always wanted a fix for like the ambush timing sort of and you could do that with just a cruiser 2 upgrade yeah you could you could make the the timing better also though yeah. i kind of think that yeah, yeah. tech should start with capacity one cruisers That'd be because cool. they okay here's why i think they should in uh in base game it didn't seem like that big of a detriment that there are one carrier uh, faction mm -hmm. in POK, it seems like that's a bit much. Yeah. I think everybody that doesn't start with two C4I now a, seems like super limited because yeah. now, like, almost every single faction starts with two C4I, right? So, and I realize it'd be kind of stepping on Titan's toes a little bit, um, because they it would basically mean that Mentac and Titans both start with uh Saturn engine ones, like, essentially, but Mentac's cruisers would be better than yeah. saturn engine ones and then my idea would be that saturn engine 2 is better than whatever the mentac upgrade yeah. would be right something like that well and it's like but like out. also it's like saturn engine 2 is like the defensive version and ambush the the cruiser 2 mentac ability is like the offensive version of good cruisers yes. right it's like i don't have any extra hp but i should do more damage my cruisers are like little right. mini war sons or whatever uh that just right. go around yeah I, I i think that would be cool do you remember in TI3, Mentac first just like arbitrarily started with an extra fleet pool because they wanted they started with three cruisers. They started with a carrier and three cruisers. Oh, so yeah. they had to start yeah. the game with one extra fleet pool. And it was this completely just like arbitrary mix of things. And so they actually got nerfed 
in in uh ti4 for losing yeah losing that that thing and i i wish that would come back honestly i forgot about that i forgot that that was something <laughs> that existed and you know how dare dane kind of get away with a sly nerf that we didn't complain about yet <laughs> You know what would be fun? I think is I I've always wanted so I've I've had the thought of having like a um so all of the starting units are, you know, on the back of a faction sheet, which to me always speaks to like you could make a a starting unit card for every faction or something that like yeah. negates what's on the back. It's like the easiest sure. component swap to do. It's an alternate an alternate starting alternate unit. setup. You could call it like advanced setup or whatever. And I feel like you could add into that if you wanted to balance all of the factors. You take the home systems that exist as they are, right? And that's where like your baseline. We're gonna we're going to set the balance of all these factions based off of this and their abilities and stuff. And then you determine their starting tech, their starting units, and their starting command counter allocation based off uh-huh. of all of that. I want to bring command counters into the mix of uh, of what is possible in round one rather than like making everything vanilla. I think everything should be even more disparity. Uh, uh, but Whoa. with like with some sort of balance logic because I don't feel like there's a, a balance logic to any of the starting stuff uh, in TI. All the starting stuff is like thematic at best. <laughs> right. Yeah. Command counter. It is. Yeah. It is like a space that we could explore for more and more variable power. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like it's a little, uh, it sounds kind of tough though. Yeah. There's a lot of power in a single command counter. So that's like a major thing to, uh, swap around basically. Uh, right. I don't know. Right. Uh, Hey, I want to do a thing. Uh, uh, Sigma had a wonderful idea for the homebrewers guild, uh, that I want to start to try to implement. And it's just like a, it's like a once a month kind of thing to add to your, your, you know, inclination to come join us in the homebrewers guild. Uh, I want to submit a criteria that we'll just do for like one week. So, so in, uh, August, I would like to do not just a let's talk about a single component, but I want to review a bunch of takes on one component and Hunter and I will vote for the best one. We'll vote for our favorite version of X thing that everybody's gone through and and revamped. And I want to start with because this conversation already was sort of happening in the background. People were starting to redo Impulse Core, the uh, Yin Brotherhood faction Mm -hmm. tech that nobody wants. Uh, so start submitting impulse core omegas and variants, and we'll read a bunch of them and vote on our favorite, uh, in sometime in August. I don't know when, I don't have a, I don't have a time set of what, you know, first week of August or whatever. It won't be first week of August because Gen Con is like happening. So, but later in August, uh, we'll review the impulse course and that'll be a fun homebrew review to, to look forward to. Love it. Let, let's do an agenda phase. Drago Thaxton asks, describe your dream TI4 in-person game day. What kind of chair are you sitting in? What is the table layout? How many players? Who's playing? What are we eating and drinking throughout the day? What's the weather like outside? Wow. Yeah. Wow. Isn't this a beautiful question? Yeah. I mean, do you want to go first? I have a a basic first answer to at least get things going. I think... Outside of a certain unnamed fiasco involving a chair, and we won't name names, there's no need, uh, outside of a chair scenario, yeah, the 20, what was that, 19 uh, holiday spectacular right before mm-hmm. COVID, uh, we, we did our holiday spectacular all in person at the studio. We had like a little mini fridge in the background. We put up like oh Christmas God. decorations. Like we it really like set. It was like a set. We put it all together. We had a curtain that everybody got to enter like from behind at the start of the stream. It was th- like, to me, that was the perfect 
in-person game especially the mini fridge full of like all of my friends brought like nice cool beers that we got to drink all day and we really and celebrated we really yeah. celebrated that that felt like the like biggest bash we ever had with with twilight yeah. imperium um so recreating essences of that day are is something i definitely would like to do again yeah i think we should um so but this is a dream that uh -huh. we're describing yeah yeah go big so you you pick something you literally live <laughs> Um, so let's, let's start with chair. Cause that was the first question. Uh -huh. Um, definitely something really nice, like a steel case chair, like a, like a, or, or like a Herman Miller. Uh -huh. Actually, I kind of want like fancy Herman Miller stuff. Yeah. I think like good looking, like, but like very comfortable chairs, you know, yeah. like we're, like we're nice business people, like businessy people chairs. <laughs> Uh, like we're having like a board a meeting, room a boardroom meeting. meeting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just some some nice Herman Miller chairs. Uh, the table, huge. Huge. I mean, unbelievably big. Way bigger than you can even like. Yeah. 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 The the yeah. best times I've had were on like big boardroom tables like that, where it was literally hard to reach the other side of the map from your side yep. of the table, right? Like you can reach yep. Mechatol at best, basically. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And actually I will add this into the table part because this is, I mean, you're just gonna need to know. So the way this works <laughs> is each player has a tablet and on their tablet, they can, that's where they make like their moves. Uh -huh. And then the, the pieces move on their own, like in Jumanji. Uh, so, the, so the players on their tablets, so they, you don't even have to touch the table. So it's kind of more just a visual thing, the uh -huh. table in the first place. Um, and okay, so how many players? Uh, six. Yep. What are you, an idiot? Um, <laughs> and I guess Matt. Um, let's see, who else? Well, hey, are um, we sitting next to each other or not? I don't know if we've no, ever we found. Not. We're sitting across. I feel like we're we've tried every formula and it's always got a different version of like, ah, that didn't, that wasn't the the vibe we wanted. <laughs> Next to each other, I don't think is, is it. Is I advisable. think that that one, that one's, it's like, let's, let's limit our interaction. You know what I mean? <laughs> let's, let's get us focused on, on other things. Uh -huh. Because, you know, when we sit next to each other, we always have the same discussion where it's like round one. We'll be like, oh, we should be like buddies and then and then I attack um, you eventually. And, and help each other and then you betray me right away. <laughs> Normally, like before we even get like that deep into the game, too. So it's like, well, I have plenty of time to adjust from this. Not really sure why <laughs> why you did that. Like it's like I'm not really sure why you've pulled the trigger on this so early. Because I need to. It's the only me, chance I like, have. <laughs> every time you betrayed me, it's like, Matt, it's eleven AM. Like we have <laughs> so much game left. Um but that's your style is you want to betray somebody and you want them to see you doing it yeah. and then they feel i don't know i don't the, know what the you want score them to feel. needs to be settled they need to know yeah. what i'm capable of yes yes um yes this is like your napoleon like you need to watch that napoleon movie <laughs> yeah because that's coming out with uh joaquin phoenix because it's like i think there is i think you if you were a, an emperor that would be your guy right there <laughs> If you were an, an evil emperor, you yeah, would be a Napoleon-style Napoleon. emperor. Good. Anyways, um, who's playing? Me, Matt, uh, EJ, yeah. uh, Paul. Uh, uh, let's see, that's four. Um, I will throw in... Uh, I miss Alex, mm -hmm. uh, if you're listening, bud. Miss you. Um, and then, okay, so that's five. The last one I'm going to reserve for a celebrita. Um, and <laughs> it's your dream, which, after all. Yeah. Um, and I want... Who am I going to draft? Oh mm -hmm. god, I could pick anybody. I could pick dead or alive. Oh my god, they could be dead, they could be alive. Ooh, Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> <laughs> but but Jurassic Park, Jeff Goldblum. Okay, not modern day. 
not modern day Jeff Goldblum, Jurassic Park Jeff Goldblum, and he's wearing uh, the shirt and it's all open and stuff. Yeah, okay. And, uh, you know, he's being all like, he's just acting like he, actually, maybe the cast from Jurassic Park. Just all entirely. Because Laura Dern would yeah. be really fun to play T.I. with. Yep. Um, Sam Neill, uh, not the kids. Um, <laughs> not no, the kids. not those kids. Not the children. <laughs> um, ooh, maybe the guy that goes clever, girl. Uh-huh. That guy's pretty good. Sure. Um, all of them. Yeah, yeah. We'll just have them all. Okay. Um, welcome to Jurassic Park. That guy too. <laughs> welcome to Twilight Imperium. Um, okay. What are we eating and drinking? Mmm. Well, we're drinking sangria. Cold sangria. <laughs> Uh, or, or, or like smoothies. We have like smoothies on tap. Oh, um, whoa. And, and Luxurious. we're eating, we're eating ice cream mm-hmm. and in Jerry's all day, all day, oh, maybe God. McConnell's, which is a really good ice cream brand that I like based okay. out of California. Um, really good grocery store ice cream, mm-hmm. uh, McConnell's check it out. Um, weather outside. Well, we're on the moon, so there's no weather <laughs> and done. <laughs> Did it very good? Uh, an ideal game. Uh, you, you talk about celebrities uh, made me think of who would actually be like who are celebrities I want to play with. And it all, there's one name that always comes into my head where I'm like, I think he, I bet he would know. I bet he would play it. And who, that's who? Elijah Wood. I just I like, knew you were going to exactly. Say Elijah Wood. It's in yeah. my bones that I know Elijah Wood would be down. Like if I yeah. if I still worked in the film industry, it was my goal to get on a movie with Elijah Wood and get next to him and be like, Hey, listen, this Saturday. If you're not doing anything, you're trapped here in Arkansas. Because that's how it always works. When, when right, I work on right. movies, it's like, you're an actor. You're trapped in Arkansas. I know you've got nothing better to do. Yeah. Come join and you me. don't know what's good around here. And you don't you're know Elijah what's good Wood. around here. <laughs> I want I want to invite Elijah Wood. And you know what? Let's throw in Daniel Radcliffe. Get the combo together and make him play T.I. Oh. There we go. Oh. Yeah. Why don't we get Paul Dano as well? You know yep. I live in his Love neighborhood. Uh, yeah. yeah. Let's. I, I want that. And uh, Weird Al Yankovic also is playing. Uh, wow. He would do it. He would be so into it. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding yeah. me? Uh, and I'm that's not... it. It's us two and those four. And there you go. Okay. That sounds good. Yeah. Especially Weird Al. I yeah. think that would be... I'd probably have the most fun with him. And <laughs> but to be real, though, he would not be interested in this game, man. Like what? These other three nerds you picked, I'm certain they're freaks like that. <laughs> I'm certain. I've seen them... I've seen Paul Dano in the Criterion Closet. That man would play some Twilight Imperium. He's a, he's a freaky little nerd, all right? Weird Al, I don't know. I don't know. I Weird Al be, might be. I think he'd be into it in the same way that Sun Sanders in, is into Twilight Imperium. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, he's like, here's the potential for my friends. Yeah. It's it's funny because of these four people, Weird Al is the most obviously like he presents himself a as a nerdy weirdo. Yeah, literally. Right. His name is Weird. Yeah. That's his first name. <laughs> but <laughs> but <laughs> But you ironically picked a group of four where my opinion is that Weird Al is the least nerdy and yeah. weird of those four people. Those other three are, are Daniel Radcliffe. That's a freak. Yeah. That ain't some regular guy. That guy, he freaky. He like weird stuff. Did, did you know that they're, uh, you know, um, the the guy from Hunger Games, the kid from Hunger Games, mm-hmm. uh, he is on record saying he likes Twilight Imperium. Uh, what is that kid's name? But I don't know. That he, he, there's an interview where they were like, what's your favorite board game? And he was like, uh, Josh Hutcherson. He's like, I like Twilight Imperium. And of course, the rest of the cast is like, oh, here goes Josh again. But uh, yeah, we I think we could actually get Josh Hutcherson uh, in, in a game of TI because he. Well, let's see, because I've, I've never I've never. Let's see if I've seen anything this guy was in. Probably not. He's uh, just like um, a, he's like a young teen star sort of situation. 
Yeah. We've we've really gone down a rabbit hole at the end of today's episode. Well, let's. I mean, I want to. I want to live and breathe in the talk space. Talk about this guy. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. He's in Zathura, the space Jumanji. Wow, which we've already sort of we've, we've referenced. You know, we, we've kind of gone there already. So mm-hmm. yeah, all right, okay, okay. <laughs> I, I he doesn't seem like you know he doesn't seem like he's doing so good that he can't come on our show. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he seems gettable. You know, like Elijah Wood. Actually, yeah. Elijah Wood seems kind of no, good. Elijah, Elijah that's was guy super that was gettable. Like, that dude can, yeah. can do whatever he wants forever. The, can, yeah, Lord true. of the Rings residuals are through the roof, I'm sure. He's just got time. That's yeah. why we can get him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Elijah Wood <laughs> is free right now. He's probably listening to this. You know what I mean? He's he. That's what I think about Elijah Wood is like, he probably has time to listen to our show. That dingus. <laughs> Hey, uh, we have a Galactic Council uh, poll we want to get out to you all so that we can do some stuff in August. Uh, this would be a week before Gen Con. Or actually, this episode would come out like the first day of Gen Con. So we'll yes. be on the road, but this episode will come out. And so we have a handful of ideas for you, Galactic Council, to vote on. The first one, uh, we are putting the cart firmly before the horse, and we want to try to do a finals winners round ta- table. Uh, so the five previous champions of the tournament, whoever mm-hmm. whoever we can get in time to come hang out with us and talk about Twilight Imperium, we'd like to just sit down and talk to to maybe all of them, maybe some of them. We yes. we've not contacted any of them to like see if they want to do this. So it would be between one and five of the finalists uh, joining us for uh, sort of interview episode i guess technically it would be between zero and five because <laughs> we don't we, we don't could have get no any on record saying that they would do that if we can't get so, any of them then turns out second place wins this month <laughs> yeah yeah that would be really funny um all right your next option is a pseudo sequel to uh me and alex's very well reviewed uh space cast peace turtles episode from long ago called twilight imperium the movie uh-huh. this is called twilight imperium the HBO miniseries. Now, let me make an argument for why you should consider this option. Yeah. It'll be funny, but also the lore mm-hmm. of TI has expanded quite a bit. Yeah. When we did Twilight Imperium, the movie, I didn't even know what the board game really was. You know what I mean? <laughs> I didn't know anything about this world. Yeah. And now we've read books. We've read books. Yep. All right. Yep. Uh, so there is, I think, more of a template for there to be. Uh, an HBO series, right? Um, and w- obviously, we would be creative consultants on that, of course. Uh, and we would request uh, very large amounts of money for our consulting, right? Um, and then our the consulting would be that we would uh, DM Absol on Discord, <laughs> on Discord anytime someone asked us a question about anything. Boy, and that's it's not we, exploitative that would... at all. I love no, that. Uh-uh, I love that uh-uh, this uh-uh. option has left room. Uh, for the future, because this is an HBO mini series, right? This is a yeah. six. This is six clean episodes, six hours right. of Twilight Imperium. What we're not doing yet is the is the Hulu or the like the it'd be Apple TV Plus. Let's be real, right? It but would the, be. the Apple TV Plus series that's like up to three, you know, three to six seasons. That's yes. That's for three more years from now before we do that yes. episode. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think you know, obviously HBO is interested uh-huh they, we are on their radar yeah and by we i mean the game not us <laughs> uh they don't know what they they're the only people of the world that know about the game and don't know about us that's what i <laughs> that's how i would imagine our lives work out when hbo comes to knock and they're like it's a shame nobody talks about this uh-huh. game you know <laughs> like, <laughs> 
Nobody ever. Uh, I don't know how to Google. Uh, <laughs> our, our next option is, uh, so this has been kind of a long running conversation always happening on the Discord and stuff, but it's not one we've ever like brought into the show in earnest. Uh, so I think Hunter and I could stand to have a bit of a like a debate or discussion about chess clocks in Twilight Imperium. We have a time limit in our tournament and that works in a certain way that we've chosen to like kind of you know limit the scope of but people are always saying what if you could do effectively a chess clock where you're tracking the yes. length of your turn and there's a limit to how much time you as a single person can take uh on a turn and we can discuss the pros and cons and reasons that wouldn't work at all and reasons it is a great benefit to the game and everything so just a, a long-winded discussion of uh whether or not it's even possible basically yeah Yep, 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 yep. Um, and then the last one is a guide to Gen Con. We're going to yeah. talk about what it means to go to Gen Con, what we do at Gen Con, yep. what we recommend. you. At this point, we've been to Gen Con quite a few times. Yeah. Um, we're not experts because we're there's nothing in this world we're experts at. Yeah. But we also do a really specific thing at Gen Con, so it's not like we're normal uh, Gen Con attendees. We, well, okay, so that's why we're going to have two guests yeah. on, uh, EJ Sanders and Paul Sanders, aka Sun Sanders. Yeah, uh, we'll have the Sanders brothers on to discuss <laughs> the with the us. Sanders, not brothers that are brothers that aren't brothers the at all. Sanders brothers. Okay, sure. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. They uh, are brothers. Yeah, my favorite aspect is that Sun is the one who actually attends Gen Con. Right. The the rest that like EJ yes. chills with his homies. Sun yeah. goes to as many events as physically yeah. possible. And yep. you and I try to not die, basically, or at least I try mm -hmm. to not die. <laughs> Yeah, I like Gen Con. I get to say hi to uh, somewhere between 100 and 150 people. Yeah. I say hi. And then we record uh, two or three slapdash very quick interviews in yeah. uh, a hallway. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we sit on the ground quality. and we look like dumb children uh, mm -hmm. cuddled up in the corner. Uh, or my favorite one we've ever done was just at the Leader Games booth with like a bunch of XLR cables and we just stood in like a little semicircle with uh, mm -hmm. Patrick Leader and Cole Worley and like attendees had to walk through the like the very crowded space that we were taking up too much room. Of. I, that's like the ideal scenario for me actually. Lean into the inconvenience. Don't try to, you're uh -huh. not going to find an inconvenient corner of Gen Con. So just lean into the energy level of we're oh, here yeah. in the thick of it. I've always wanted to do uh, like just like a man on the street style yeah. video series of videos at Gen Con, right? Where I'm just being obnoxious <laughs> and like talking to everyone and like do, just being silly. Yeah. Um. But we've never had time for right. anything like that this uh, year, though. Maybe not video, but I would like. I don't know what the. I don't know what kind of episodes. We don't have specific. Last year was a very eventful gen con right rpg mm -hmm. was announced inscription yep. was announced and ffg yep. did an official tournament for the 25th anniversary we ain't got none of that this year so yeah, our dude. schedules are a lot more open to get a little maybe a little freaky uh, the other thing I want to say about this possible episode is my hope would be it could serve as a guide for the people who are on their way to Gen Con right now as the episode releases right like hey things to do while you're there but I want to save some room too for like Hey, you can get the experience these next few weeks of Gen Con, and if uh, we'll we'll leave some advice for like what to do as you sign up for next year's Gen Con, basically, because there's a lot of stuff where it's like you need to plan way ahead for Gen Con. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. it's like seventy thousand people descend on Indianapolis, Indiana. So you, you, oh, yeah. you, there's logistics to your process. Uh, so there will be some of that stuff in there as well. 
Yeah. All right. Well, we got one more thing to talk about, Big and thing. it's very exciting. <laughs> uh, and it's an exciting. It's a reveal. We've saved it for last. <laughs> um, so I've been every week. I've been talking to uh, you all about uh, doing a weird bear event. Um, and I think it's been. There's been some discussions. There's been some talks back and forth, and I'm ready to announce what the Weird Bear event is going to be this year. Um, we are calling it the Weird Bear Exhibition Tournament. I don't even know if tournament applies. The, just the Weird I'm, Bear I'm Exhibition? It a tournament. All right, that's fine. I'm calling it a tournament. Here's why. Here's why. There will be a prize. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> uh, it, it, uh, it, well, I, don't get too excited. But you'll, you'll hear what this, the prize is. But every weekend, starting in September, we will be holding Weird Bear Exhibition Tournament Games. What is that? Well, that's a tournament where each game is going to utilize a different rule set in Twilight Imperium. Um, these are going to range from chaotic, goofy, insane to considered and normal. Mm -hmm. Each game is going to be hosted. That is like there's going to be a rule master for each game that has decided what this game is going to be about. That person might play in the game. They might not. I, I'm leaving it open as far as like what people want to do. Yeah. Um, these games will be hosted by... Space Cats, Peace Turtles members. There's going to be a Matt game. There's going to be a Hunter game. Um, we've already got Wecker on, like, just primed and ready um, <laughs> with an idea that I'm very excited about. Um, but this this will be our way of kind of showcasing all of the different ways you can play Twilight Imperium. Um, basically, the way this kind of came about was I was asking the Weird Bears what they would like to do. Some of them were like, I'm down to do anything. And some of them were like, here's something I want to do. Yeah, and I yeah. realized <laughs> that here's something I want to do was pretty interesting. Um, and that basing an entire event off just us doing a tournament under one specific rule set was not enough. So each game will have kind of its own theme, its yeah. own thing. And you will know, uh, you know, well in it, uh, in advance what that will be as far as signing up for it. If you have ever been a weird bear, Guess what? You're always a weird bear. That's yeah. how it works. You, you, your status as a weird bear is is forever in our hearts and minds. Yep. Um. So all weird bears, past uh, and future, if you if you happen to sign up, uh, in the coming weeks, uh, you will be able to get in. I think we will start opening scheduling in August. Yeah. Um. But yeah, if you've ever been a weird bear, you you are uh invited to this. Um. Each game will be scheduled and the, there will be a slot for it time wise and then you will know like what theme uh it's going to be so you kind of know like what you're signing up for um and yeah if you're a weird bear and you're listening like uh please you know keep keep your eye out also if you're a weird bear that has an idea of a game that you have not pitched to me yet because yeah. i've been putting i hadn't quite announced exactly why i was asking for everyone's ideas and maybe now that you know the structure of this you might be super interested in saying i want this yeah pitch it to me um, and we will we will make a slot for it in the schedule. Um, we are also talking about forcing EJ to do one, even though <laughs> EJ probably would not actually want to do one. <laughs> I just think that we should make him do it. Um, so this will be like kind of our big yeah. uh, September event. Yep. Um, and yeah, uh, but we will probably have to get most a majority of it scheduled in August. Right. So you know, please be on the lookout for that. Um, and yeah, I am a super excited about it um yeah. i think that it's been a long time because of the tournament being so serious <laughs> and a long, long time <laughs> yeah and long um it's been a long time 
since we've been able to just kind of sit down and be like, let's just kind of play TI for fun yep. and kind of explore what's out there. Because there's all the homebrew universe of TI is so vast and so insane yeah. that doing, you know, our one component a week, we will never catch up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. And this is an opportunity for us to kind of look at just what people have and showcase it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there you go. Yeah. The the finals for the tournament, of course, August 26th at 1100 UTC, but I'm very excited for us to put a cap in that, uh, crown a winner, and then immediately the next weekend uh, just uh-huh. dive, just diverge into sheer uh, lunacy uh, and oh, wackiness yeah. for like four weekends in a row, basically. Uh, so it'll, it'll be kind of a very jam-packed uh, late August and September uh, that I'm that I'm very very excited for. Uh, we got and, some wild ideas. Yeah. You're gonna want to see what we got here. <laughs> I want to okay. do Ti Survivor again with people that actually know Survivor strategy. That's what the failing last time is to you can't throw you can't throw season one Survivor people into season forty Survivor logic. So uh, uh, I I want my game to be Ti Survivor, but with folks in the know i got it so if you're a weird bear that likes survivor or if you're a survivor fan that wants to become a weird bear for a month let's do it for real this time because the last one didn't go so good (laughs) no i had covid (laughs) and and ej didn't like it so there you go i mean that's just kind of how it goes that and everybody not. else just wanted to play TI for the first time in a year. Everybody else yeah. was our friends in town who just wanted to play TI and we forced this other thing upon them. Yeah. So and they did not like that. Yeah. Boy, what a what a woof. Uh but yeah, hey, also, Hunter, congratulations. We did all eight uh base game Spirit Island factions. We're done. Hey, good job, everybody. Uh maybe we'll do more next season. Maybe we won't. Yeah. I'm gonna leave it up to chance. Leave it up to chance. Who what was knows? your favorite one? Roll for it. What was My your actual favorite? favorite? Yeah bringer of dreams and nightmares really that's wild that is so cool uh yeah i like the fear uh spirits because what you're doing is speeding up the game on a separate track yeah that is not always helpful to other things so the tempo challenge is there (laughs) and you're kind of like you're like hey i got us another fear card and like you get to take credit for the fear card even if everybody sort of helped on it you can kind of be like yeah but i did the most we got us there yeah yeah Yeah, i got us there (laughs) um also i think i like fear victories the best i like just Mm. running through the whole deck i think that's i think that's fun there's something about that that i that i really enjoy that's cool i go back to my og i still just love thunder speaker um honestly i haven't like played focusing on Thunderspeaker uh, since that episode. And uh, I was like playing kind of a, a game with uh, Lightning and Thunderspeaker last night and I didn't do very good. And I was like, I gotta get my brain back into Thunderspeaker mood. Cause I just think it's, I just think it's crazy fun. Uh, what that spirit is like even i mean even losing a thunder speaker was was fun because of just yeah. the ability suite it's just too cool i love it i love moving to han around and moving my stuff every i was playing on the app and honestly i like i kind of wasn't even remembering some of the core rules i was just like oh i'll just throw thunder speaker in there and then the first time i moved it to han and the app was like do you also want to move your presence i was like oh don't mind if i do i would love yeah. to it's good being back i tell you what it's funny that we did a two-hour episode today and you're at the end of it being like Maybe we should just record the next one. That's like the Spirit Island Roundup. You're like burning up useful Content, podcast stuff. We could talk You're about like, later. You, you just, this is a basic answer, though. We'll have more in depth things. I just wanted to know. I was just curious. I just. It's just funny thinking about how different your life is from mine because you're in like such a comfortable place. You know, everything's like comfort for you. And I had to close my window. And it's summer in New York right now. So uh-huh. I am I am baking yeah. over here. 
Is there any wife, other way I can just vamp for a few minutes? I don't know. Just, like this, nah, fish, maybe this we episode could talk. go another ten minutes. I mean, you want to talk some more? I'm you and I, you and I just never chat, Hunter. I mean, just like, how are oh, you true. doing? How are you doing, buddy? You know, oh, man. right, right um, now specifically. Uh, yeah. So I've actually been trying to communicate to you that I am very uh, like sweaty, <laughs> and I'm, uh, I'm getting worried. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That I'm getting like too hot. Too hot. Uh, you had to turn your webcam off about twenty minutes ago because your webcam, my webcam overheated. overheated. <laughs> my webcam overheated, and it and it turned off. And and it's because here's I so in New York you have to use window AC units, but you need like a special bracket that you have to install because otherwise it's illegal. Because New York, I mean, you can't just have a you got to have something that fall you, out a window onto you the can't street. Have it fall out a window, it'll kill somebody, yeah. dingus. And I thought we had a bracket that I could use, and then I found out that we didn't. Oh no! And then so I've just, dude, I've been sleeping on the couch. <laughs> like a divorced dad i've just been couching at my own place dog like i'm having a rough week everybody like let's just you know can we just get out of this one does it have to be so funny at the end can we just say podcast over is that fine like i got i can't be in this i'm in a room with a hot computer that is just like eating up my small room the window is closed there's no air going through and I'm just slowly <laughs> melting into a puddle. And you're like, let's talk about, like, what about a new topic here at the end of the two-hour episode? Maybe we'll talk about, like, what's our favorite Spirit Island spirit? What do you, even though we already have an episode slotted, it will be great for that, that we'll record in a couple weeks. But no, you're right. Let's just have a little more. My huh? favorite Spirit Island spirit is Hunter melts into a puddle. That's that's my oh, favorite dude. personal spirit. Oh my god, I can't wait till we get into the homebrew Spirit <laughs> Island scene because homebrew spirits to me. That's wild. Like, okay, and, yeah, I got one to pitch you right now. Okay, Casper. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Space Cat's Peace Turtles. And thanks to Brian Capillas for the wonderful music. You can find more at wanderinglake.bandcamp.com.